0: Hello hello. Good day sir. This is Doubleville Chill. I'm Spike. And I'm Jake. Hello, Jake. How are you? You just sounded like uh, Daniel Day-Lewis.
1: Yeah, that's, that's is that not what we're covering? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so what did I watch? <laughs> Prepared the wrong movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, what are we covering today there, Jake? Today, we're covering The Life and Death of Colonel Blimp.
2: The Germans have accepted the terms of the armistice. Hostilities cease at 10 o'clock. It's nearly that now. Murdoch, do you know what this means? I do, sir. Peace. I can go home. Everybody can go home. For me, Murdoch, it means more than that. It means that right is might after all. The Germans have shelled hospitals, bombed open towns, sunk neutral ships, used poison gas, and we won. Clean fighting, honest soldiering have won. God bless your murder.
1: Sir. Yeah, how'd you like this? You know, sad that there weren't more blimps. Yeah, there is a, a blimp. There is a blimp. But, you know. But it's, it's also like a matte painting. So it's not moving or anything. Well, you know, World War 2, man. Cut him some slack. Mm-mm. Nope. Either you have a blimp or you don't put it in the name, all right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I um I dig this movie. No, this is good. Uh, you know, I, I I'm a sucker for an epic. Yeah. Of, of which this is definitely mm-hmm. uh, one. Yeah. Um But uh yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's a nice story. It's this weird was, that uh, it's a war movie with really no, no war scenes. No war.
1: Um, Which I I mean, we we do, I mean, we do, we do like see some of the front a little bit. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But we don't actually, like, there's very little action for an epic. And this is a a longer movie. It's uh, two hours 45. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, but this movie from the get go really like grabbed my attention yeah it jumps in and um and i was just like really happy to be on this ride and i wasn't expecting it because it's like it seems i've, I've heard it seems about this like movie. A prestige picture yeah yeah just kind of like a stuffy british yeah, war yeah. movie yeah um and it's not it's it's got a lot of uh it's got a lot more heart to yeah. it I and think.
0: you know at its most basic element it is uh War propaganda. It is, from, yeah. From World War Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that can feel uncomfortable, I think, at times. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. But also, um, I could relate to I some f- extent where the, you know, um, fighting Nazis.
1: Yeah. You know. You can relate to fighting Nazis. Yeah. I fight Nazis on a daily basis. I'm like, don't do that. Yeah, hey, they're back, baby. Yeah, they're back in a big way and i'm like hey knock it off please but then yeah all this kind of
0: i i could relate with the um somebody trying to take the high road with people who are laughing at you for taking the high road
1: yeah mhm that's right. what i could relate to yeah
0: yeah um and uh but yeah it, it's it's definitely got a lot of elements but you know at its core it's also this
1: kind of love story it, it, there and it's and it's uh this it's got this like and this love triangle, yeah. This like it's kind of a buddy epic, yeah. yeah. Like and and I wasn't expecting such a that. broy movie. These two bros just broing out <laughs> through three different wars. Uh, well, before we hop into the movie, yeah, we
0: are going to uh, continue the sight and sound aspect Mm-mm. of all of this. Yeah. Um, starting out, the sight and sound. Um, this is one of the movies that got kicked off right. of the list. Yeah, uh, with the most recent mm-hmm. iteration. Um it went from ninety three mm-hmm. in two thousand twelve uh to 196 Oh, for twenty twenty two uh so it, big, it moved a over a hundred yeah uh, over a hundred spaces yeah. um now they have more than that on the okay. list now um right. the list is now a top two fifty which is the first time they've done that mm-hmm. um so they have uh at number two forty three they have a canterbury Tale. mm-hmm um at one ninety six they have i know where i 'm going uh which is also it's tied with colonel blimp, so <laughs> they actually have two movies That's at one ninety six yeah <laughs> um, uh black narcissus mm-hmm. at one sixty nine uh, and then they have the two movies on the top 100 yeah uh, one of which we'll cover next week yes um, and that is a matter of life and death at mm-hmm. seventy eight mm-hmm. um and the red shoes yeah at number sixty seven um, next week we will be doing the red shoes. Yeah. Uh, and we'll talk all about that. But uh as we've done in the past few weeks, we are going to read out a director's list. Yeah. Um this week, um it's interesting because it is a lot of um kind of older critics. Yeah. Um and you know, there's some people here and there the the name that caught my eye was Jim McBride. Mhm. Not a super well-known director, but he did direct um Kind of one of the um, early movies uh, that's very independent Yeah, uh, that he made with uh, L.M. Kit Carson, uh, Mm -hmm. who wrote Paris, Texas, um, and uh, Texas
1: Chainsaw Massacre 2. I saw that, yeah. Um, (laughs) Of course. Rare case where the sequel is way better than the original. (laughs) It's pretty bananas. (laughs) It's nuts. Uh, It's kind of a Gremlins 2. Another case in which... And that they go silly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But yeah, it's like a a case where they were like, it's clear they didn't really know what people liked about the first.
0: Or they went, fuck that. Like, I don't want to make a sequel. I'm going to make it ridiculous, which I think is more the case with both of those. Sure. Um, (laughs) A little preview, you know, what could be a pair for anything. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) For when we cover Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Um, But uh, Jim McBride made uh, David Holtzman's Diary, Mm -hmm. um, which is a pretty bananas movie um, starring L.M. Kit Carson. And uh, it's it's worth checking out. But uh, he Mm -hmm. also, something I watched this week is... um, his version of Breathless. Yeah. So it's a remake of Godard's Breathless right. starring Richard Gere and his penis. Yes, as he's um, wont to do. But uh, I really liked it. Yeah. It's also got James Hong.
1: Uh, James Hong and he's, Geardong, he's. as they say. That's our next season is half James Hong films, half, <laughs> half Dong <Geardong Geardong> films. <laughs> <Geardong>. <laughs> I bet there's a few. I bet we could make it to like four at least. Yeah, yeah. Four or five maybe. It doesn't show maybe? it when he's
0: older for some reason. I've seen it. His old wiener? Yeah. Yeah. I looked into oh. the future. Good for you. <laughs> uh but <laughs> it wasn't good for me. <laughs> I just wanted to see it in Dr. T and the Women. <laughs>
1: so did the women. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: anyways. Uh, <laughs> Jim McBride, we're gonna read his list. Um got some classics on here, but uh okay. it, it is pretty um. All over the world, which is nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, not Good. too many um, just American films, but he's got The Leopard mm-hmm. by Visconti. Mm. Um, a very cool film that could pair with this. Yeah. Uh, Red River by Howard Hawks. Mm hmm. Madam D by yeah. Max O'Fools. Uh, the Godfather Part Two. Yeah. Coppola. Uh, Rear Window by Old Hitchy hmm. Yee Yee. By Edward oh, Yang. Yeah. Uh, I've heard it's great. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't gotten seen to watch it, yeah. it yet. Um, the Life and Death of Colonel Blimp, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, then he has uh, Waiting for Happiness by uh, Abdurrahmane hmm. Um That's, I have not heard of that. Yeah. Um, uh, Stellet Licht, which is Silent Light mm-hmm. by Carlos Regadas. Uh, sounds fascinating. It's yeah. about a Mennonite community in Mexico. Ooh. Um, yeah. That does sound I'm, interesting. I'm all in, man. Huh. Um, and then last is Meet Me in St. Louis. Oh, huh. by uh, Vincent Minnelli. Yeah. Liza's dad.
1: <gasps> no.
3: No.
0: <laughs> You're kidding me. Of that
4: Minnelli family?
0: Uh, look at a picture of him. Is no doubt. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. <laughs> it's very she, clear. Whose genes went out in that one? At least half of him. <laughs> um But, uh, yeah, I think it's a solid list. Yeah. Jim McBride. Uh, But uh, now we'll hop into the background of this, baby. Let's do it. Just jump right into the background of it. So, this is directed by two fellows. Yeah. Not common, but not unheard of in this podcast. Right. Just the Daniels for us. Oh, no. The The Daniels and Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, that's
1: right. Um, Which was... uh... I can't remember their names right Neither now. Neither can I. I mean, they were good. Yes. for Josie and the oh, Pussycats.
0: Fantastic! Can't hardly wait. Yes. Yeah. Um, and others. Other nineties. Other terrible <laughs> movies. But um, this is directed by Emmerich Pressburger and Michael Powell. Yep. Or as they're also known, Powell and Pressburger. Yes. Or as they're also known, mm-hmm. the Archers. Yeah. Um, the Archers is their. It's like the um their not. production company. Is yeah, what it is. Um. But uh, it's also kind of this <clears throat> this shorthand. Um, yes. Because, you know, one of their names is Emmerich Pressburger, so mm-hmm. they wanted to shorten it maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, they they came together uh, at, at a, a cool time, um, really got together over World War II, mm-hmm. where together they made some very passionate films right. um, and probably the best work of their careers. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, They made 24 films together. Wow. Uh, Michael Powell had already been directing, Mm -hmm. whereas Pressburger was much more of a writer.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, But he became more involved with somebody like Michael Powell, Mm -hmm. who uh, by most stories I've heard is very collaborative, but also knows how to steer the ship. Yeah. Um, And Pressburger would also be a lot of the music Mm -hmm. aspects. Oh, uh uh-huh. Uh, as well as editing. Yeah. Um, He was very hands-on with those processes. Um, But what really makes them unique is how they share this movie credit. Right. And so at the beginning Mm -hmm. of their films, it'll say uh, written, produced, and directed by Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger. Yeah.
1: Um, And you just didn't see that. Yeah. um, Remember um, Scorsese talking about how, like the first time he saw... Yeah. They thought it might be fake. Yeah. Names. Like a, uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Um, because there really just wasn't anything written about these guys. Right. Um, in America, at least. Yeah. But um, and this was like years after they had made these. This was oh, like yeah. The these, 60s, these, these were very um, popular at the time. And then they just kind of died off. They, they didn't get the treatment that Hitchcock would later mm-hmm. get or David Lean would later get. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that's because right. their <clears> careers <throat> <throat> survived into the 60s. Yeah, where Michael Powell's didn't. Yeah, Um, and mainly Michael Powell's didn't because he made Peeping Tom. Yeah, yeah. Um, We'll get to that in a second. Mm -hmm. But uh, Michael Powell is uh, English. Mm -hmm. Um, He was a a farm boy turned filmmaker, Mm -hmm. Um, and he was involved in silent films. So he he directed some silent films. He acted in some silent films. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very involved. In the early days of film, yeah, in England, um, and you know he would work with different people. He even uh, co-wrote Hitchcock's uh, Blackmail. Oh, okay, uh, which yeah. is uh, the first talkie in England. Oh shit! Uh, uh, so he he co-wrote that. Mm-hmm. Um, he also kind of got going on what are called quota quickies.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: uh, quota quickies are really interesting because they uh, there are quotas in England for how many movies have to be shown that are English. Yeah. In the movie Right, theater. right, right. And so uh you know, they, they would, can't just be American pictures because that's yeah. what people wanted because those were the, the, the escapist like the po- kind yeah. of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so there also had to be all of these so there was these quota quickies that would just be made real quick mm-hmm. so they could do a showing of them yeah. and go, Okay, yeah, we showed <laughs> it. Hey,
1: we did it. Now we can watch um, good stuff. Yeah. And, the American-made uh, films,
0: yeah. Now we can watch the good stuff, like Francis, the Talking Mule. <sighs> yes, um, but uh, Peeping Tom, yeah. Peeping Tom was a project that he did without Pressburger. Yeah. Um, at this point, they had kind of moved their separate ways, not out of animosity just, yeah. or anything like that. Just they just yeah. they didn't seem to have the studio support anymore for their uh-huh. their grand visions. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the breaking point was there. Yeah. Um, But maybe we'll find out next week. Right. Um, But uh, he made this film Peeping Tom. Yeah. Which is right before Psycho came out. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, it is about a man who basically was terrorized as a child Mm -hmm. by his father with a camera. Yeah. And his father was like a psychologist who would test fear. Yeah. And record his son being afraid of things. Yeah. And it's it's so fucked up. And then he goes crazy and wants to kill people on camera. Right. And he's got this like weird um, tripod tripod that comes, one of the legs comes up and it's sharp. Yeah. And he stabs people on camera.
1: It's a phenomenal, like I love Peeping
0: Tom. And it's like, it's way darker than you'd expect for a movie from 1959. Yes. Um, I think it might've came out in 1960 in America, but he made it in 1959. Right. And uh, basically, it was controversial, Mm -hmm. but unlike Hitchcock's producers, Mm -hmm. Michael Powell's producers didn't believe in the project, and so they didn't push back. Whereas, Hitchcock used the controversy to then make posters of, you know,
1: look, this is this movie they tried to ban. See for yourself. Which is Uh, weird, because like, at one point, they did do that with Colonel Blimp. It was like the movie that that so Thelma says this in an interview i yeah. I could find nothing, yeah th-
0: that said, Come watch the movie that uh that uh, that uh, I uh, said Winston Churchill <laughs> yeah, tried yeah. to ban, yeah, um, I tried to find it, and I couldn't find anything backing that up, but huh. I do find that interesting
1: well what's what's weird is like she and Martin Scorsese both seem to have had like developed a relationship with with at least Michael Powell at some point yes. later because, like, he seems to have been, like... I mean, yeah. of course they, they both love Michael Powell and yes. Pressburger. But, like, yes. I think they, like... It sounds like they had many conversations about just movie-making because they talked a lot about Colonel Blimp and were asking him questions whenever they yeah. were doing Raging Bull. And it seems like... It does seem like he wasn't forthright with just like information. Like it seems like it took a lot to kind of like pry I think for Michael Powell and... a lot of
0: a lot of this was very painful. Yeah. Um because and, and he was always really touched by the kind of reclamation of his works. Mm-hmm. But also he had a career where he was able to make these things that mm-hmm. were straight out of both of their minds and mm-hmm. and are so personal. Yeah. And then it's all just kind of torn from him mm-hmm. uh is, is bittersweet. And I think yeah. that to some extent he might have also blocked some stuff out. Sure. Um, but yeah, I I I guess we have to clarify real fast yeah. Thelma that we're talking about yeah. is Scorsese's editor. Right. Thelma Schoonmaker. Yeah. Um and she <clears throat> um she meets Michael Powell through Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. And they fell in love and got married mm-hmm. uh and so she is his widow and mm-hmm. kind of his in a way like his his cultural yeah. um
1: uh, like uh, advocate holder. or like, like yeah you know, like i mean, preservationist has all of his like... stuff and
0: is is taken care of it, yeah um, and has been part of even restoring mm-hmm. his works mm-hmm. um now uh, to get into Pressburger a little bit, and we'll we'll hopper a little bit around. But Pressburger um, is Hungarian. Mm-hmm. Um, he was uh, a Hungarian Jew, um, and in the um, in the twenties and thirties, he mm-hmm. moves to Berlin mm-hmm. um, before thirty three. Uh, something happens in Berlin in thirty three. Um, we'll let you all find out later. It rhymes with Schmittler. Is it? Gadolf Gittler? It's Gadolf Schittler. <laughs> um, no, uh, so he works at UFA, which is kind of the big, one of the two big studios in, in Germany. Yeah. Uh, and he works there as a writer. Uh, he had to learn German, mm-hmm. to write in German. Yep. Uh, it started uh, heating up as far as the anti-Semitism goes. <laughs> he was like, nah, uh, I got to get so out of he, here. Uh, kind of bounced out of Berlin, uh, moved to Paris, yep. learned French, and had to write in French. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he was like, uh, oh, I should probably go to England. This isn't uh, far enough. <laughs> and so he moves to London, mm-hmm. uh, learns English, yep. and how to write in English. <laughs> this guy's unbelievable. That's crazy, yeah. Um, but uh, in London in the 30s, he is referred to as an enemy alien yeah. as soon as the war starts um, because he lived in Berlin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this causes some issues, uh, and and there's there's kind of a, a stand-in character in this played by yeah. a, Anton Walbrook, mm-hmm. uh, who we'll talk about in a second, but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. totally a stand-in for Pressburger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, another really fucked-up thing is when they were making uh, a Canterbury tale. Uh-huh. Um, which is kind of a modern uh it's a still a world war 2 era yeah. movie it's 1944 or 45 mm-hmm. um Pressburger wasn't allowed to go to Canterbury yeah because he was an enemy alien right. even though he was making this and yeah. he's and he's actively making british war propaganda yeah and he's still, still not yeah still still not welcomed um <clears throat> and yeah there there is a character in this that is very much that experience yeah yeah, yeah um yeah. Yeah. Now uh, their relationship, we've kind of discussed a little bit, but uh, Powell did most of the directing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and kind of steered the ship, whereas uh, Pressburger would write uh, the first script, and uh, and Powell would say like it, everything was there, like it, it yeah, it it, 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 he understood how it needed to be told, right? But since he didn't. Uh, you know, English wasn't his first, second, or third language. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Powell would come in and, and, and just kind of, of like tweak the dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they work really well together. Um, and that's that's what makes them so cool. But mm-hmm. um and Pressburger would be more along the lines of like a producer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um how we how we see it today. But yeah. uh they're um their first thing is The Spy in Black, 1939, mm-hmm. um, and they are brought together by Alexander Korda, um, yeah. who is a, a Hungarian uh, producer. Okay, yeah. Um, who, uh, I mean, Korda movies were well-known as these kind of escapist fantasy movies. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, they, they make a few Yeah, as well. Um, but, uh, you know, he's a very big deal. Um. Alexander Cord also did like the Third Man, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, Richard the Third with yeah. uh, Laurence Olivier. Mm-hmm. Um, they um, the first the the Spy in Black is where they met, yeah, and it was basically Michael Powell standing there and saying like, okay, what what's next? And they're mm-hmm. saying, you know, oh this 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 guy has some thoughts about the script, yeah, and that's how they get introduced. and And Pressburger takes out the small piece of paper and reads off everything that he thinks is wrong with the script yeah and they're getting all nervous that he's gonna piss off the director Mm -hmm. by doing this and michael powell was like i need
1: to work with this man this guy this guy fucking gets it this guy makes a lot of good points on the script it is not good (laughs) And so that is for the spy in black yeah and then their first
0: movie they make together as the archers uh, is one of our aircraft is missing? Yeah, uh, it is even on this film that the the germ that becomes yeah uh-huh. uh, the life Colonel, and death of Colonel yeah. Blimp mm-hmm. uh, was was created, and, and it's this scene with an old man who's talking to a younger soldier and saying, "Well, like you you'll know what it's like in forty years, right? You know, you don't know what it's like to be an old man right now." Yeah. Um, uh, about their relationship, Pressburger said. He knows what I am going to say before I say it. Maybe even before I have thought it, and that is very rare. You're lucky if you meet someone like that once in your
1: life. And really, that sentiment is shared. There, there are a yeah. couple of sweeties, right? Oh, yeah. And from like everything you see and hear about them, yeah, they like even on set, yeah, it seems like everybody like it was an enjoyable time. Which, yeah, yeah, in the thirties and forties and on, as they're making <laughs> yeah. movies. Yeah. That's not a time when um, people uh, were nice on set. No, no, (laughs) no. But uh, especially those British directors that um, were more well known. Yeah, yeah. So like that didn't. uh, It seems like that was a a thing that people weren't used to. Yes, was like having nice sets. Yes, Uh, and
0: so they they really do make a a lot of these um, these movies for. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, so the 49th Parallel, which Mm -hmm. is, uh, I believe, 1941. um, And it stars... um, uh,
1: Is that Lawrence Olivier? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. It stars Olivier. Yeah. Uh, Also, Anton Walbrook, uh, I believe, plays the bad guy in it. Um, It's been a while since I've seen that one. You can't tell me that that guy's a bad guy. Oh, you're going to see next week for Red Shoes. No,
1: I know. I know he's going to... (laughs) The thing is... He's an incredible actor, so it's yeah, not yeah. unbelievable. I just like don't want to see it. He's well, it's such an interesting movie he's... because it's about these Germans mm-hmm. who
0: uh, I think they like crash their boat and they end up in Canada. Mm-hmm. The 49th Parallel. And <laughs> yeah. uh, they have to cross the 49th Parallel, which is from Canada into the U.S. And since Canada is in the war, yeah. because England is in the war, right? they're safe in the US because the US hadn't entered the war yet. And so this whole film is oh. basically designed to guilt the Americans <laughs> into joining the war effort. Yeah. Which was a lot of how England spent its time in the early 40s. Yeah. Um but uh, it's a really interesting mm-hmm. uh, it's an interesting movie. And it's oh, yeah. and all of these movies are really uh, uh- Good, even if they are blatant propaganda. And I watched yeah. one of them that is like an hour long and was just designed to be propaganda. Right. And it still has this this human quality that I, I don't see. I, I watch a fair amount of old propaganda because I think it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um, and uh, even Nazi propaganda. Yeah. Um, that I, I, I think those are fascinating to learn I, how people are, are th- whipped up into yeah I think that that it, I think it
1: <laughs> I think that it is um important to view them as artifacts to empathize with people of the past and know when you're seeing propaganda. Yeah. Like yeah. and it's and it, and it is also interesting uh it's an interesting look into the human psyche. Yes. Um and and and, and how uh people can use nationalism. Yeah. To, yeah. to rile people up yeah and um, and and
0: I think you're right on, on all sides because they're yes. all using the same toolbox
1: yeah oh yeah absolutely for like, different messages which is we all we all do it
0: yeah yeah and, um, and World War II was kind of the I mean, We were definitely there's more even film propaganda throughout. I mean, even you know some of the earliest examples, yeah, um, are propaganda. Yes, I mean Birth of a Nation. I'm thinking and stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Total propaganda for the (laughs) South. Yes, but um, these as propaganda are very human. They are um, there's often a little humor in them, um, as well as a little bit of like kind of lighthearted. Fantasy slash
1: whimsy, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but uh, well, and and I think, um, especially with like Colonel Blimp, it's hard to say what the message is. It is because it's not it. It's not blatant propaganda because there. It does seem like there are critiques. Yeah, there, there's moments of like, okay, yeah, come on guys, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> but it is interesting because. It's still lamenting the fact that they are going to have to play dirty against the Nazis, but it's kind of saying we have to play dirty against yes. the Nazis. Yeah.
1: And. Because and not, they're playing dirty. Yeah. And i like, and I, and I can see, I can see how it could be. Um, uh, making more of an enemy of Germany for, for forcing Britain to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's propaganda and that it's like, Hey, we like the old ways too. We like uh, gentleman yeah. warfare, and yeah. we can't. We just can't win it because these guys. Yeah, I'd say the most propaganda elements
0: of this are downplaying uh, British cruelty. I think so. In too. those in those early I, days, because yeah. like yeah, the Boer War is not depicted but discussed. Yes, and we'll get there in a second, yeah. but um. So, this movie is definitely part of that war effort propaganda. Mm-hmm. It wasn't welcomed by the War Department. Um, but uh, afterwards, they, they still had this relationship to some extent. Um, and A Matter of Life and Death, which comes out in 1946, yeah. um, is an entire movie about how Britain and America need to love each other. Ugh. And yeah. it's like there's a whole trial where the jury are Americans mm-hmm. and the uh, the prosecutor is this man who was shot in the American Revolution. So he hates British people. And the whole thing is like this love story between Kim Hunter, an American mm-hmm. woman, mm-hmm. and David Niven, yes. a British man yes. who survives a plane crash. Right. And then it's kind of this battle between him and heaven yeah, over who gets his his, his life, I yeah. guess. Um, but, uh, and it's, it's the British fog is what keeps the angel from seeing him. (laughs) So it's still like kind of funny, this idea of, of Britain as this, this, you know, this ridiculous weather of England. Um, there's always this deep love of England. I was going to say, I was going to say like there, and Michael Powell loved Americans. Huh. Uh, married one, in fact. Yeah. Uh, there's even the story of uh, I guess it was on their honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in like a cab in England, and uh, the the cab driver's talking about how annoying all these American tourists are, mm-hmm. and they're so loud and they're always so excited about everything. Yeah. And he said,
1: "That's what I love about them." There's there's something even in Colonel Blimp. Yeah. That really hits on this idea of nationalism, Mm -hmm. I'll say, um, when it's from the perspective of somebody who is not a national. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, it almost is saying like, it kind of takes an outside perspective to convince people to make them see what makes this place so great. Yeah. And, you know, nice trick. Um and I and I and I like it and it's good yeah. and it's effective yeah. because I, I think it's real yeah it's a real thing um that I think is kind of beautiful it's like it it just hey be nicer to people like well it. it's it's
0: funny too because when they were told about a matter of life and death mm-hmm. make a movie that makes the British and Americans love each other yeah they were like what we just fought a war together what are you talking about yeah and they were like, well, it's souring a little bit <laughs> well we did <laughs> it's souring as we're splitting up the spoils of war yeah that's that's it, how it got soured yeah. and and that's that's so fucking ridiculous but believable in every regard yeah um, yeah but also you you have this um all of these Americans flooding into England mm-hmm. when America joins the war yeah right and so they also there's a whole movie that john schlesinger made Mm. called yanks Mm -hmm. and it's it's about all of the americans who came over and started fucking all the all the british people's wives yeah because they were away at war already and so all these americans came in and started fucking all the women and being really obnoxious (laughs) and drunk around and so there was kind of this like british people going like these fucking americans hey we're not great jesus christ but um so you know this kind of shaping public opinion has Mm -hmm. definitely been
1: part of their career uh, throughout. But I, I, and, and I do think that there is, there are a lot of like, I think the, the lasting, uh, or the, I guess the legacy of Powell and Pressburger films is much more about the filmmaking and the storytelling. It's not the propaganda aspect of it. Right. And it's there but like when you hear about people loving their movies yeah it, it's not about that like yeah. there's something and most they of were talking the about
0: specifically their technicolor movies
1: yes yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, which are breathtaking they're phenomenal but there is something that while they were uh making these films yeah um that were more or less british propaganda mm-hmm. or at least um meant to make the public feel a certain way about they, something at
0: the very least function as propaganda yes yeah. it,
1: they do kind of exceed that whether or not that's the essence of
0: them i would disagree yeah it's,
1: uh, yeah it's not yeah. it's not yeah. um these movies are about much more yeah. than um essence, than what they were meant essence for being the
0: essential quality yes yeah i don't think it's essentially no propaganda. right yeah, yeah
1: yeah um
0: secondary at best Uh, yeah yeah uh and this one is even a little confusing as to what the message is exactly it it really Um, is other than empathy all around because i mean and they even got in trouble for how Mm. sympathetic they portrayed a german right uh hey wait they're the bad guys so colonel blimp was a uh comic yes um those little cartoons in the paper yeah um not like a comic book. A stand-up comic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, hello. Who goes to war and never comes back? Young men. Ha, 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 A terrible joke. This is not a funny joke. It's the truth, though.
0: <laughs> so Colonel Blimp is this character who really is this kind of embodiment of old, um, old, old british empire kind of people yes yeah yeah. um and so it's this you know as the british empire falls apart in the 20th century uh these people are getting more uncomfortable and angry Mm -hmm. um and uh you know they're used to having (laughs) their opinions heard yes and so uh david lowe the uh cartoonist Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um he started uh, drawing this character, yeah. and, and he would always be at a Turkish bath. Yes. Uh, he's a, a, a portly gentleman uh, big, with a big old mustache, bald wal- head.
1: Big old walrus mustache.
0: Uh, and he's always saying just ridiculous old-timey things. I, I yeah. saved a couple. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he, he, all of them start off with, God, sir, <laughs> Lord so-and-so is right. Um, And so this one is like, "Gad, sir, Lord Beatty is right. War is not inevitable. It never will be unless we do something about it. And then he says, "Gad, sir, Lord Beaverbrook is right. If we spend so much time on peace, how can we afford to buy battleships? And so it's these very
1: like jingoistic kind of yeah, nationalistic, yeah. mm-hmm. all the And And the, I think the part that I think is very funny is like this is all happening in a bathhouse so it's just this literal echo chamber yes. of his ideas <laughs> yes nobody and that is always like, talking
0: to like another guy that looks vaguely right. like him or yeah
1: um so it's it's uh it's a pretty great like cultural artifact of yeah. like yeah um yeah these very like gentlemanly but like and, and i think that that is kind of what this movie is getting at is is um Somebody who is uh, out of time, you yes. Know, in their in their ideology,
0: yes. And wow. like, it's interesting because this character was well known. as this this character in the newspaper? Um, another interesting thing about it: Lord Beaverbrook mm-hmm. in that last one. Mm-hmm. He's the man who owns the paper that David Lowe wrote for.
1: Him. Really ballsy move, man! <laughs> oh. You sure you want to go with that name? Yeah, I want to see if he notices. Yeah. He doesn't read this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um but uh as soon as it was announced that they were going to do a, a Colonel Blimp film, mm-hmm. immediately the war office was like, "No, no, 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 no. You, you do, mm-hmm. do not do that because we need people to be for war right now." Yes. And ha- making fun of people who are pro-war not is not the... it's not the time. Yeah. And uh they really whipped up Winston Churchill, yeah, Churchill. uh into hating it before yeah. he knew anything he, he about had no, it. Yeah. Um and there are many people who think that part of the reason that Churchill hated it is because it kind of is him. Yeah. He fought in the Boer War. He fought World, in World War One, yeah. you know, and he has a lot of these beliefs. Yes. And so, and you know, fat bald guy, fat bald guy. Yeah. Um, And so he he was kind of like, oh, are they going to be making fun of me? Yeah. And people at the war office kind of egged him on. Right. to Kind of hate this film. Right. Uh, they they told him, you know, <clears throat> you shouldn't make this film. Mm-hmm. Not the right time. And Michael Powell asked. Are no. you forbidding us from making this movie? No, 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 no. It we is a, a democracy. democracy. We don't do that here. And uh, so, <laughs> but <laughs> they <laughs> they said, but yeah, if you do, you won't get your K. Yeah, right. Which is For a knighthood. knighthood. Yeah, Uh and they didn't. Yeah, Pressburger and Powell never yeah, got. Yeah, because they're like, it'll K. upset the old man.
2: You know, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, who does have a K? David Lowe.
1: <laughs> the man who drew Colonel Blimp. <laughs> the thing who did the thing they were afraid of, Palin Pressburger doing. He has... Uh, insane. Yeah, and Palin Pressburger... I mean, Emmerich Pressburger was probably not going to get it because he's... uh to it's To, 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 to British like people, a he's a big, dirty Hungarian. A, a big how part of the war effort, you know? It's just insane. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, So they were kind politics. of blackballed,
0: and they were also... They weren't given... Uh, like uniforms and shit to work with. Mm-hmm. They got them. They,
1: they said they quote unquote found them. Yeah. There's some, or there's, borrowed them. There's some shit going on here. It's like, <laughs> mm, those are yeah. actual military vehicles. There's yes. no way.
0: <laughs> this is a prop. Well, and so after working with him on 49th parallel, they were going to get Lawrence Olivier yeah. to play Colonel Blimp. Sure. Lawrence Olivier was in the um, RAF, yeah, Royal Air Force. Mm-hmm. And. There are stories of him, like him and... I forgot who the other actor was, but just crashing planes all the time. Uh, And they were also like really sick of army people. So I think Mm. if Lawrence Olivia had played it, it would have been a lot more cynical. Yes. uh, Less human. Yes. Uh, Now who they end up going with Mm. is Roger Livesey.
1: And he's... I, I feel like he is... So much better than I. Lawrence Olivier would have done fine. Yeah, but there's something about Roger Livesey that, like, his
3: yeah. There's he something about his. There's was, something
1: yeah. about his face. It's yeah. so malleable, because like he it is wild. looks all different yeah. kinds of ways. Um, but also let's talk about his voice. Yes.
0: So people didn't like his voice. Um, yeah. It's got this very raspy quality. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, people I, didn't like that.
1: Um, I mean, they were uh, used to these like very clear spoken yes. British. Um, yes. He's. Uh, it's either that or the march of war. <laughs> <laughs> Old-timey <laughs> British news newsreel reader. Yes. <laughs> But no, his uh, yeah, he was told that he was never gonna make it on film because of his voice. Yeah. And he had done some theater. Um, I think what else is interesting is he was
0: working at a munitions factory. Right. Um, so he wasn't um kind of in the thick of um The Wall. The wall. He was one year older than um uh than Laurence Olivier. Oh. And yet in the entertainer from, I think, 1960. Yeah. He plays Laurence Olivier's dad. <clears throat> he does got uh, an aged look to him. He does. And
1: it works so well. Well. Uh, it's and weird, and it though, because he does it, look young when he's supposed to look young, too. He does. And I think maybe some of that is this, the stark contrast that we see at the beginning when yeah. we first get introduced to him. Yeah, that's true. But, but he does look, I mean, he looks like very like dapper yeah, yeah um and very like handsome young man yeah um when he's younger um and then yeah they just uh, through through his own doings and through you know costuming and makeup yeah. and, and stuff like he really does age himself like really well in this movie when roger lives he's in at least three yeah powell
0: and pressburgers michael yeah. powell loved him uh-huh. uh michael powell saw Himself in Roger Livesey. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In this kind of energetic, playful, optimistic way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and uh, even on Michael Powell's yeah. mm-hmm. uh, tombstone, it says film director and optimist.
1: Yeah. Um, That's a hard thing to be. an optimist i've never been able to muster (laughs) it i was like man i can be a filmmaker that's easy an optimist i don't know dude i'm
0: constantly surprised if things work out well yeah like constantly
1: like right now yeah like whoa we're still recording
0: i just always uh, doom and gloom and i think it's all ending you know oh well we're gonna get hit by a meteor any second
1: anyways Uh uh-oh here one comes um, oh, it missed us! I, Wasn't uh, expecting that. I saw in an interview with Tilda Swinton, mm-hmm. she old loves Tildy. Old Tildy. She, uh, she loves Roger Livesey. Really? Yeah. Like, like that's interesting. Yeah, she's like, yeah, he's one of my film crushes. <laughs> of course, it would be. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> old British man. Yeah, <laughs> raspy voice. <laughs> um, but, uh, but like, he's still. Um, He's still, like, in the British zeitgeist. Yeah. Well, he's, he's great
0: also dude. in um, A Matter of Life and Death. Yeah. He's, say, he's, he's really uh, yeah. really a bright spot of that. Yeah. And then he's in I Know Where I'm Going.
1: Yes, that's right. Um,
0: yeah. And he might be in some other ones, but right. um, But those are kind of the big ones for him. Um, now, they, they wanted to get another star of mm-hmm. I Know Where I'm Going, Wendy Hiller. Mm-hmm. Um, who also, uh, maybe people might know her from uh, Pygmalion. Mm-hmm. Uh, she plays Eliza Doolittle in that. Yeah. Um, but uh, she uh, agreed to be in it, even though it sounded a little iffy for her. Uh, but then she got pregnant. Yeah. And so they ended up having to go with Deborah Carr. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been saying Deborah Kerr my whole life.
1: Yeah, um, I, this is It very... is Deborah
0: Carr. Yes. Um, but uh, it's spelled when... Kerr. Yeah, K E R R. But you know, like uh, Derby, they say Derby and shit. So that checks out. Um, but also, get your shit together. Get your shit together, guys. <laughs> it's not how it's spelled. Um, this is uh, Kerr, <laughs> okay? <laughs> but Deborah Carr, when she moved yeah. to America mm-hmm. for her Hollywood career, mm-hmm. Louis B. Mayer, yeah. the um, the slogan that he put out was uh, "Car rhymes with star." <laughs> Then it
1: must be true. Uh,
0: this is a really interesting role, and it, it, it is. It, yeah, it uh, it could be read by people as sexist. I think, um, mm. in that it's this kind of the same woman over time. Um, yeah, and it's kind of you know, I broad stroking women.
1: I see it as. But it's Something so much different. more personal,
0: yeah, well, yeah, and that's that's the reductive view, I would say of yeah, it. yeah, 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 uh, because this is so much more about him, yes, and there's a few lines that you might not catch the first time mm-hmm. uh, that go into that a little bit more yeah. of he keeps seeing this person throughout yeah. his life, and it's about obsession it's not yes. about it's not about these women are actually it's, it's about obs- and they, they it, resemble. I think, but right. I think the fact that they're played by the same person I th- is more it, of a subjective choice. I think so. Than objective reality. Be- Although Anton Walbrook does react to the driver at the end. But yeah. But he does not yeah, yeah, react yeah. to the, the portrait. Yeah. Which is it. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. But. but uh,
1: okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. Cause I, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, when we. Deborah Carr part.
0: was 20. Yeah. She, no, not only this, she turned 20 on the set.
1: That is crazy. Like I found that out after I'd watched this. And I was like, there's no fucking way. There's no way. fucking way. Nope. She's funny. Like the, um, and especially like uh the the fur the Edith um that yeah. she plays the first uh version yeah, of herself. She's such an adult. she's so she's such a strong willed yeah. person and yeah. very much an adult. And it almost seems like her maturity she seems to get younger throughout the movie, as the with the characters that she plays. Yes, because he gets older. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, which I, I mean, yeah, we'll yeah. we'll talk about it more yeah. as we go through. I, there's so many choices in this that I fucking love. Well, and at the time, and you can kind of see how it's shot
0: uh, with her and stuff. Although it's similar with other projects, but. He was engaged. Michael Powell was engaged to Deborah Carr Mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, And they remained engaged until she moved to Hollywood. And they broke Mm up. Um, Anton Walbrook, another uh, big name in this. Um, The role was written for him. Mm -hmm. Um, He was uh, Austrian. Mm -hmm. Um, And as the Nazis rose, Mm -hmm. um, his mom was Jewish. uh, So he was considered to have uh, dirty blood. Um, and, uh, he was also homosexual. Yeah. Uh, he was flown to, uh, Hollywood at one point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't, and then he, he didn't go back until after the war. Oh, yeah. A while after the war. Yeah, yeah He Because d- yeah. he dies in Germany, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, uh, when he moved to Hollywood, he, uh, dropped his real first name. Yeah. Which is, uh, Adolf. <laughs> Wonder why I got rid of that. <laughs> I can think of one reason. Well, fucking Adolf Menju didn't get rid of it. Fucking guy. Hey, he's not as smart as. Uh... That's without a doubt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't get me started on Adolf Menju. Hey. We've only got so much time on this podcast, and we gotta get through it. So Can't go down a menju kind of path. Uh, um, subscribe on Patreon to hear <laughs> Spike's rant. That's the kind of shit we'll offer if we ever do a Patreon. <laughs> just yeah, you just like here's obviously. my beef with.
0: <laughs> uh, How are you gonna be in a John Garfield movie and then bitch about communists? Fuck you, man! Um, <laughs> you can't do it. So uh, the restoration of this, I, I do want to say we something should, yes, about because yeah. it's, it's uh, fucking beautiful. Yeah, um, really all uh, all of the these were re- and they started in the in the '80s, late '70s and the yeah. '80s. Uh, BFI's involved, film foundations involved, mm. Thelma makers involved, yeah. Scorsese's involved. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of hands uh, helping out with this, and it's a costly game.
1: Yeah. Do you know how long? Uh, I mean, you know, it's uh, it it kind of depends. But like when we're when we're talking about film restoration work, mm-hmm. um, about you know how long does any one movie take to restore? Like Colonel Blimp, because I know that yeah. it's painstaking. Oh, years. And you're years talking, and years. because you're talking frame by frame. Yeah, and this and has a lot doing, of unique
0: problems that right. weren't solved until we have some of these digital things. Right. Um and that's, you know, th- there are other restorations and and a big part of what restoration was at that point when they mm-hmm. first started was we have to find the most complete version of this. Mm-hmm. Because this was a movie that you know as we said is two hours and 45 minutes and so as it was moved around the world got, got chopped up in different ways cut in different ways yeah. and so you know
1: there's uh there's a 90 minute american <laughs> cut well and scorsese says there's one that's 90 minute with commercials so it's less oh god than because that's the first time he saw this was yeah. on was a tv version of it when like a lot of what they end
0: up getting rid of is like the the framing device right and they just play <clears> it in <throat> order yeah and they got rid of. Um, it was like the scene. Some of it the got rid of the like, duel scene. What? Yeah. Okay. POW camp was yeah, cut was. in one. Um, I know the the black soldier
1: was cut. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. It's it's wild, like but... yeah. It's it seems weird having watched this, figuring out a like good things to to cut out of it. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you know. There's there's some things that it's like if you had to, but it's such a full movie already, and it's like you hate to to cut anything out of it. It's true, and um,
0: and then another thing with restoration was the fact that this was shot on Technicolor, right? And so Technicolor, (coughs) um, it's this massive camera because, (laughs) uh, and they called it the Enchanted Cottage,
1: ooh, uh, their (laughs) camera. And, and when uh, you see how big this camera is, and you see some of the yeah. camera moves, I don't know how. It's like, how did you do this? I don't, I don't know how. Yeah, because um, it's it's the, almost the size of a small car,
0: and it's crazy because so they they take this and they through chemical processes, yeah. it's got three negatives, okay, right. recording all at once, and so you have three identical negatives, and. Uh, you create matrices out of this. Yeah. Okay, and it basically stamps. Yeah. And they're dyed red, yellow, and blue mm-hmm. and then placed on top of each other. Yep. The problem is uh, film and why it needs to be restored is film deteriorates over time. Yeah. Uh, the likelihood that all three negatives are going to deteriorate at the same rate mm-hmm. and in the same way is uh, impossible. Yeah. So they have to restore each one separately. And then they have to go through this process. And this wasn't perfected until we get digital. Mm -hmm. uh, This process of lining them up. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Because in in some of the older ones, they didn't line up right. And you get this blurring effect. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when you take your, uh, when you take your glasses off for a 3D movie.
1: Right. Looks kind (laughs) of like that. Yeah. Where it's like, these aren't, lining up
0: right yeah and so um yeah so uh they had to do all three of those and so that's why it's so painstaking Mm -hmm. and then you have every single
1: frame of a two hour and And, 45 minute and there are not every frame is is the same so they have to go in and, and there was also this weird xerox effect
0: Mm-hmm. That kept oh, yeah. happening with this um, this green this green line that would move up and down. Yeah, um, and so they had to go in and, and erase that frame by frame. Right. Uh, they also had to clean each frame. Yes. Uh, of mold. Yeah. Um, that uh-uh. you can see when it's scanned in, it's kind of moving around yeah. and
1: stuff. And that's on three separate reels. Three each separate reels. Yeah. That, so that are two as hours long as it takes minutes. for one
0: movie, which is a crazy years and yeah. years. Yeah. Times that by three. Yeah. And this was also this was the one of theirs that was kind of the most forgotten, right? Of their yeah, you know, probably really of their Technicolor things.
1: Real quick segue on restoration again. Yeah. Um, if you watch some of the special features, I think uh, there's there's one on Criterion about the restoration of this film, which has a lot of like cool information about the restoration. Yeah, it's only like seven minutes. Yeah, it's real short. Yeah. But you'll hear, um, I think it's on this one, Martin Scorsese, Martin Scorsese, um, talking about how important these programs are to restore film. Yeah. Nobody's, it, these take a lot of time and a lot of money. Yeah. And so, just taking a moment on this podcast, if you're listening. And
0: they're disappearing. Clock's ticking.
1: Yeah. And so, like... If you can find some of these, we we'll, we should post some of these like foundations yeah. and like nonprofit organizations yeah. that are, that are trying to preserve yeah. uh, this because you can donate and they operate, yeah. they're nonprofits. They mm-hmm. operate mainly on. Yeah. Biggest fun- one would
0: be film foundation. Yeah. Uh, BFI does a lot. Yeah. I know uh, there's one like Bologna. the material
1: foundation or material world foundation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is George Harrison started that. Oh yeah. Interesting. Um, I was looking it up today. Yeah. Um, mostly music, but it, it also does like other like material yeah. art. Well, he's a producer. Yeah. And so, yeah. So just a quick, that's a quick segue that yeah. you don't have to subscribe to our Patreon, which we don't actually have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're not confident enough. I just think it should be free. Nobody should give us I'm a money. terrible capitalist. Yeah. I'm like, just listen. Um, but yeah, if you can, it'd be rad if you, uh, donate some, Hell yeah. some stuff to that. Cause and it's important
0: again, work. clock is ticking on that. Yeah. Yeah. Shit is dying it's right dis- as we speak. like
1: we have films that are just disappearing. Uh, this film takes place
0: over 40 years. 40 years. <laughs> um, 1902 to 1942. Yeah. Uh, the world changed a lot in that time. Sure did. Uh, we open with the Boer War. Yeah. Uh, a little known war in uh, South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, boar yeah. is the Afrikaans word for farmer. Yes. Um, and yes, they were fighting the farmers yep. in South Africa over diamond and gold rights. Yeah. And how that's romanticized in this movie, I do not understand. No. <laughs> uh, but that's also where we coined the phrase, um, concentration camps. Mm-hmm. Was in the Boer War, yeah, yeah. and uh, that was when they um, decided to shift into going after civilians. Yes, um, and locking up their their families mm-hmm. uh, to to bring the war to an end.
1: Yeah, because this was um, the the Boers and the because uh, c- I was reading about the Boer War. This is the second Boer War that we're talking about yes
0: yes the first one's like a pretty minor one so that when people say the boer war it's usually in reference to this which Mm -hmm. is the second boer war yeah yeah
1: and how this kind of uh bleeds into colonel blimp is during this war there was a lot like the boers were uh using a lot of guerrilla warfare yes which the british army was like what the fuck we can't keep up with this we're not equipped we're not hence let's go after these kids well, if they're going to hide in the dark and shoot us from behind, we'll steal their children. <laughs> <laughs> Direct line from this. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that the, did, the boar one. That's that... B O E R. Yes. I'm now realizing that my Colonel Blimp voice is much like uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, it's just that. It's that. Damn it. I got to figure this out. <laughs> it's going <gonna laughs> to be more right. British. <laughs> I'll try. I don't like... Well, we'll see. I only do one <laughs> British accent, and that's Cockney. <laughs> hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> uh,
0: and then, obviously, we have World War One and World War II in this. Yeah. Um, a little, uh, just uh, minor details, and then we'll hop into the, the, the plot here, but... Um, I really love that all the Germans in this have scars on their face Mm -hmm. because they make a point about how fashionable dueling is. Yes, yeah, and that the ladies love the scars. They
1: love a man with scars. And so, like,
0: anytime you see like a German officer, they always have a scar on their face. Uh Yeah, Um, (laughs) and then um, uh, the transformation of Roger Livesey into these three ages. Yeah, over forty years. Right. Uh, Most of it. You know there there are definitely makeup effects mm-hmm. going on. You know he's he's bald at one point. He has a right. thinning hairline in the right. in the middle one and looks young in the first one. Um, but uh, there is a minor like carapace they built. Uh, yes. that's a belly uh, right. for when he's older. Uh, but they uh,
1: a lot there's, of it are um, body doubles, yeah, which m- you can you can tell, in, uh, especially in the bath scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, however, I will say. It's really watching it for the first time.
0: I was just like, "Oh, it's super impressive!" And it's so impressive that, um, yeah, Scorsese screened it for his cast and crew for *A
1: Raging Bull*. He and seemed Scorsese seemed to really take uh to look back at Colonel Blimp while making *Raging Bull*. Yeah, very influential. He,
0: yeah. And so he also, he showed it to De Niro, who was like, how the fuck do you do this? Because this is what we're trying to do. Right. Me look older and fatter. Yeah. How is this done? And he mm-hmm. asks Michael Powell, whose basic answer ends up being, it's mostly acting. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it is. And it's like right. the way even Roger Livesey talks when he gets older, <laughs> he then uses mainly the bottom of his mouth right. when he talks. Yeah. Um and
1: I, I just he he does such an, and a, an incredible and job and it's also the way that he moves, yeah. You know, and and I think we've we've probably talked on this podcast before about how important makeup and costuming is for an actor to be yeah. able to because yeah. like helps. Yeah, I mean, it helps you embody this 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 character. And yeah, what's great is and this is like he does have three different stages of even like um wardrobe that he would wear for his specific rank or something like that. So right. that's also informing his character and how we read this movie is is these different versions of, you know, going from a young soldier to a, you know, higher up uh general, I think. And then uh-huh. having somebody who's nearly retired army and into retirement, um, how they how his wardrobe and costume Changes along with that, so like, yes, yeah, they're really, they really are using, um, all of the film language, yes, to be able to tell yeah. this this story, and it's, um, but what really makes it work is, uh, this sincerity that's that's really at the base of this movie. Yeah, and if
0: Churchill bothered to watch it, maybe he'd fucking see that,
1: and he did eventually, and it was like, oh, it's not that bad.
0: Rebel, rebel, rebel! He's probably really drunk. He's like, "This is hilarious." Which country is this representing? <laughs> <laughs> Where am I? Um, so the the film opens on this uh, needlework. That's what got you in. You were like, uh, "Needlework." I was me like, in.
1: "Hello!" <laughs> uh, but uh, it kind of did. Um, and it, it, does it opens this... and closes on this. It yeah. ends uh, with this sick transit Gloria
0: candy. Well, this... Um, Thus passes the glory of Candy.
1: <laughs> His name is, uh, is candy. Clive, there's, Clive Candy. There's no person named Blimp in this movie. No,
0: which I think is really an interesting Fun. idea.
1: Um, also, with the opening title to this... How with, Does
0: One Become a Colonel Blimp is essentially what this movie is.
1: Yes. Yeah. By making him not Colonel Blimp... Yeah. Colonel Blimp remains this uh, archetype... Yes, yes. ...for, for this old British man. Yeah. A military man. Yeah. Um but with this opening with like the the textile kind of woven tapestry. Yeah, and it
0: goes to the the different actors who it just has the top three. Yeah. Deborah but Carr, they're like in Roger this woven Lipsy, Anton Woolbrook.
1: This uh and it makes sense for this movie and I think it was very very intentional. Reminded me of the uh, Bayou tapestry. Yeah. Um yeah. I was like, oh this is like still going back to these roots of uh british military might yeah um yeah. and now we're we're putting that into british military might when the
0: normans from france they came them. over and Defeated our English, Shut up. It's a British, the English. It's a British. It's a
1: British thing now. <laughs> Isn't that fucking weird? <laughs> it, like, it is. And then they like know, a they battle sp- of Hastings. And they is spend like the totally ne- just next
0: French f- people. Spend <laughs> the next nine hundred years fighting each other. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then it hops into this very dynamic um, motorcycle
1: um, war games. Uh, uh, home guard kind of thing. right away because it's 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 almost it's this had to be had to have been like very choreographed motorcycle scene. Yeah. Because like they're all where they, like, they rope this them road... off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um no, but they're like well, yeah, that. Um but also they're just kind of like peeling off onto different side roads and stuff. They're yeah. so they're splitting up and like I don't know how they got these camera moves. With that massive with that camera massive too. technical I don't, camera.
0: I don't know. I've seen photos no of idea. it too and it's like on a crane. It's so heavy. God, I don't yeah. I don't know how they got
1: these movements ever. Yeah. With yeah. Any of this. Yes, it's insane. Because um, this this looks like Easy Rider. Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways. It does, does. Yeah. And yeah. even then I'm like, how did they get those shots in easy the fuck? Uh, um
0: but uh, this is the Home Guard, which was a kind of an important thing especially when your country is um being attacked in war. Yep. Uh, which America cannot relate to unless can't. it's fighting ourselves.
1: We can't because like I think a lot of people are are like, "Oh, it's like the National Guard." No. Not really. Not really. Because there was an actual imminent threat of invasion. Yes. <laughs> yes. So like they were they actually had to like practice <laughs> like yeah. be ready for invaders, <laughs> like not just get fucked up.
0: Looking hey. at you, National Guard. Yeah.
1: Bunch <laughs> of losers. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I I mean, I'm sure that there's some nice people. So close to Memorial Day, too. It's past. They had their time. They had. Their they had day. Their, They had their day.
0: <laughs> Quit bitching. <laughs> um, so uh, then we see the uh, the younger commander of like some of the troops, right? And uh, this is a man named Spud. Spud, yeah. and uh, he gets a letter that's saying that the war the war games start at midnight. Yeah, so war starts at midnight. And it has a little note that says, Make it like the real thing. Yeah. Make it like the real thing. The real thing. He says, Like the real thing, my Aunt Fanny.
1: (laughs) Whoa. Hey, watch your mouth. Don't bring your Aunt Fanny into this. Your Aunt's Fanny. (laughs) Don't bring your Aunt's Fanny. (laughs) Yep, moving on. Means vagina in English. Damn it. You went there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: And there, it's, it's, I really love this too because we see this scene play out and there's all of these missing pieces mm-hmm. that we see later in the yes. film. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, no.
0: Which I think is really rewarding, when we, but we eventually... was cut out in, in some of those cuts.
1: Right. But when we eventually come back
0: around, I was like, fills it in. Oh, oh yay! yeah. Well, and so he, he comes out and he's, uh, it's like spuds all excited. And he's, um, he's saying, Oh, we'll make it like the real thing. Mm hmm. Yeah. We we'll make it like the real thing, all right? Well, and We're f- going to go now. Yeah. What and time? kidnap every all of the officers so they can't even So they they we can teach them a lesson about how
1: modern war is fought. Right. And and at at first it's like What are they doing?
0: Yeah, yeah. You you're not it's really not, sure. And you see him go in somewhere and then he's like knocked out and he's complaining about and someone and named Matahari, well, he's saying. Yeah,
1: well, yeah, because like we we see the other soldiers sitting outside this like cafe or this club yeah. and uh we just um <laughs> see her run out. And they're like, Oh, hey. And they go in and find him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When he's calling her Matahari, of course, after Matahari in World War One, Yeah. Yeah, it was World War One. Who is killed for being a spy, who probably wasn't no, a spy. No, no. Um, but uh, we do find out later he's referring to Deborah Carr. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're saying, gone to warn the wizard. Um, mm-hmm. And this is also one of the earliest references, and maybe the earliest reference in another film to Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're kind of mocking this war starts at midnight thing yeah. that is such an old old man way of doing war that right. you you set a date for war you, you
1: tell somebody when you're going to go to battle with yeah. them what Wait, why don't we have um,
0: to do this and uh they end up going to this turkish bath uh and they're looking for general Win candy yeah um and uh you know you're not really sure what the hell's going on but right they uh they wake him and they and tell him and he's them, just in this like beautiful steam room yeah in those turkish bathrooms. sweating yeah being a fat old man yeah <laughs> uh, and i also like that he starts the movie old um, and
1: and kind of uh uh dick yes and, and i so think he, it's...
0: he he he's like woken up and he's like what do you want yeah and uh and one of my favorite lines that i've said several times since jake yes. got here <laughs> yeah um and he's saying like uh you know well we're 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 Cap- here to capture you. Yeah, and he says, "But you damned young idiot! War starts at midnight." <laughs> nice. And then he's like, uh, "You know what? What? Like what? Like a- on on whose authority?" And he's like, yeah. "Well, all of these
1: guns and men, sir." And he's like,
0: <laughs> "Authority! Authority!
1: <laughs> it's great. He's he's about to like bust a blood vessel he's he's so mad beat red not only from the heat of the steam room but also just mad yeah and so the guy's saying like you know how do you know
0: that's when the enemy's going to go to war right and you know he's right he's just an asshole i mean they're both being assholes but yeah yeah um and he's saying you know in 40 years you'll be old too and you know if your head grows the same as your belly you'll be bigger than all of us yeah um and uh, well, and he's, Clive uh, Candy starts fighting this guy. Yeah, because like, the, the, yeah, the... the
1: young guy's like, well, in 40 years, it'll be 1982. And I can't remember what he said. You and know, he's I'll be like, riding my space car and <laughs> flipping you off, getting a blowjob. I'll be eating space donuts in my flying car, <laughs> fucking some Martians. <laughs> so fuck you. <laughs> and he rides off on a motorcycle. Yeah. Movies Peels out. Movies <laughs> over. <laughs> Um, fuck you old man but yeah they then they start fighting and they kind In of the like pool yeah and um this is where we get a good body double yeah yeah this is because he's clearly fat and shorter uh, than <laughs> yeah and if you like if Roger you look right like you can he. see how much fatter his face is because yes, <laughs> it's <that's> very funny <laughs> but like they they like fall into this pool and they start fighting and you just hear uh, <laughs> uh, you hear Candy like, mm, put up your dukes. Wah! And yeah. then they fight. And he's like, 40 years ago. And they're underwater. And it turns into this voiceover because that's underwater 40 still.
3: Years
1: and then the camera pans over this like uh lay- this pool yeah this like long well, like pool. it goes down it that they're in yeah yeah the pool that they're in which is so cool yeah so like they obviously have this giant fucking technicolor camera i can't emphasize i this think enough. it's on a crane it's got to be for it's that it's got to be on a cr-
0: it, oh it has to that's the only how way. it's so smooth i don't understand
1: yeah but they kind of pan over and uh you see this light at the end of the lane, of the pool, kind of ding on. And then you see a young... Roger Livesey
0: swim up. Yeah. And that's how we, we go back, we, yeah. which is so cool. No, None of this...
1: Um, I mean, we did get a little bit of that underwater voice, but...
4: Uh... <laughs>
0: but he's, he's already a very like lively young man like you can see you
1: can and it's it's such an interesting interesting uh, juxtaposition not only between his older self and his younger self but also this young man that his older self is talking yeah. to and his younger self see, yeah because he seems much more and he sees like his friend and they're all like when you have loud. an older gentleman like yeah. military guy like, like you can't do that in yeah. here mm,
0: rabble rabble rabble
1: um but uh
0: We quickly find out that he's just come back from the Boer War, and he's won the Victoria Cross, which is this huge kind of honor. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, his friend gives him this letter and it's like this convoluted like my governess's sister mm-hmm. <laughs> lives in Berlin and she says oh, that so. there's these articles coming out right by a fellow named Kaunitz. And he is writing terrible things about the British Empire. Yeah. About what they're doing in the Boer War. Mm-hmm. Which uh,
1: was very true. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that is what's missed throughout this whole movie is the yes. atrocities that the British Army yes, committed. Yes, which
0: makes sense. They're not going to be able to do that in 1942. Sure. Yeah. They had um, enough trouble doing just this. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so Clive Candy he goes to uh, uh, talk with uh, a higher up to see yeah. if, if he would be permitted to go to Berlin to talk to To guy. talk to Countitz and see and like, what can be worked out. Hey what's out. going on Also, knock it off. And, and this Guy's basically just saying like it, I stay do, out of it. Like I do we don't, like this because he's like, Well he says setting diplomats. Yeah, yes. Diplomats do that. You're a soldier. Stay yeah, out of it. Let this. the politicians do the politics. Let the soldiers do the soldiering. Yeah. And so but then uh and it's funny too, he keeps bringing up Conan Doyle. Yeah. Um writes the Sherlock Holmes. Yes, this is Arthur Conan Doyle. Yes. <laughs> Conan Doyle. Uh there's a little uh the only reason I bring this up is because there's a little Easter egg, mm. because uh, he says something about my dear Watson, yeah. and then it cuts over to his like secretary guy, mm-hmm. who's like writing something. That is a man who played Watson in the 30s.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, in
0: the Sherlock Holmes films. Oh, that's fun. Uh, a man named Ian Fleming, not that one. Oh. Um, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and then he wrote a little thing called Are you James telling me Bond. that
1: the guy who played Watson <laughs> wrote the James Bond
0: series? And then there was a joke about him playing Watson. Shut the
1: fuck up! No, but uh, it didn't but
0: happen, yes. so moving uh, on. That's just a little fun thing. Um, He goes to Berlin anyways, and he meets with this woman who wrote the article, yes. or wrote the letter, right, telling him about it's this, Countess.
1: Yeah, it's this, uh, it's yeah. this woman
0: named Edith. Yes, uh, played just... by Deborah Carr, and oh. uh, he wants to confront kaunitz at a cafe, mm-hmm. and uh, this is also where we first hear how popular dueling is.
1: Yeah, in <laughs>
0: in in Germany, And that right. you know everybody's really into it, and yeah, I just love a good duel. Uh, all the ladies love a, a scarred face, and yeah. It's kind of this this status symbol almost. And it's also like. I bet there were some people who like cut their own face. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was in a duel. He lost. Yeah. You should see his face. It's dead. It's dead. (laughs) He's got a dead face. He's got a dead face. Live body, (laughs) dead face. Um, Um, But. but So she she says she knows where he eats. Yeah. This uh, count at at this cafe. Yeah. And uh, there's also just like you know, she seems very strong as they're talking, and it's also kind of playful. And you, you get there's there's definitely a connection just by the
1: fact that she is living in Berlin, yeah, on her own, is already yes. it all is already giving this sense that she is a very strong woman, and we yeah. through uh, through uh, conversation yeah. that happens at this uh, cafe, it's enterprising as well because she says mm-hmm. she
0: says. You know, my skill is English. Right. I could stay in England mm-hmm. and get paid pennies in some rural town. Yeah. Or I could come to Germany where, where my English skill is, at a premium. is at a premium. Yeah. And then I can learn German here. And then go back and to And go back to England where German would be at a premium. Yeah. So like it's it's she's very smart and she's also the first person that introduces this idea of this gentlemanly war is bullshit.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: And she's saying, you know, because of uh, all, you know, this good manners and all this mm-hmm. stuff, it's causing all these wars. And she says, yeah. but with a little common sense and bad manners, there would have been no war at all. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: which is great. You know, it's the the first well, time we hear something like yeah, that. Yeah, because I think, you know, I think this could be read as, um, as taking the, the low road. I think it yeah. could be thought of that. But I think the other thing that it's saying is like, we don't need to constantly be going to war for yes. your, for your, f- for your fulfillment, because yes. it seems like everybody, but people who are higher up in the British military. And I think that's a stand in for all militaries yeah. is like, and really what this whole movie is, is where it becomes most uh anti-war Yeah, is saying that like, yes, this is all, you know, as a soldier mm-hmm. is soldiering. But why is that? That that is that is not the goal. Yeah, yeah, it's like I know that that's the only thing that you can do, but like this is, this is hurting yeah. everybody else who's not you. Well, and that was, you know that, you know
0: nobody wanted to have another world war. No, um, because uh, World War One was horrific beyond pretty, beyond it was belief, pretty bad. Uh, and so you know there was so much reluctance to go to war that they kind of let something grow and that was mm-hmm. the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the, the movie I am gonna end up pairing all mm-hmm. of this with, mm-hmm. I feel like fills in some of those gaps mm. of the attitudes of like, well, we don't wanna not let them build a strong army. Sure, yeah. And you know, so it, it's it's just all this stuff that then makes the war so much more horrific when it happens. right. Right. Uh, but also you know i'm i'm against war i'll say it
1: whoa
0: careful around <laughs> these parts <laughs> i mean i would say 99 percent of my views would not be okay around <laughs> these parts yeah yeah that's why you stay <laughs> inside <laughs> all the time that's right and watch movies <laughs> yeah. i'm just gonna sit here with these other people that do agree with my thoughts yeah. <laughs> movies um, um but, but uh so they're sitting at this cafe yeah And uh, they're kind of talking, getting to know each other, and we, we get just a little bit more of kind of her her personality.
1: Yeah. There's a, there's a line that I love that she says that's like, while you boys were off or while the men were off fighting war, the women were at home thinking. thinking." Yeah. I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That is a great line. Yeah. Uh,
0: And so they're sitting there and then they see this big table of very German looking men. (laughs) (laughs) This is like one One of of whom (laughs) is ridiculous. (laughs) The guy who like is just, uh, Almost looks like he's doing like a Churchill impression at times, but he's like... German Churchill. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Kirschel. (laughs) Kirschel. But uh, Kaunitz arrives. They see him. And so the first thing they do um, is... is, There's a a song, and it's a song
1: that they were uh, whistling and, and humming and singing in the bathhouse when they got yelled at. But it's when they were in the Boer War. There was yeah. a prisoner of war camp, or it's like a blockhouse. A, a blockhouse, block yeah. And so, a blockhouse is just
0: like an easy, defendable house, right? And so, apparently, they had this count. It says a prisoner.
1: It seems like it, uh, but they only had this one record that had this aria on it and they he asks it over and over again. Yeah. And so, so they, knows, they all have it memorized and it's like almost. So he knows seared. when Countitz hears this, he'll know something's up. So he asks the orchestra playing, which was one of the, I was like, I want to go to this place. Cause that seems yeah. fucking badass. Yeah. 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 Um, he asks them to play the aria yeah. and they do. And Countitz immediately loses it. Yes. And he calls over the waiter
0: to get them to Elba. stop it. Yeah. <laughs> and then upstairs. So it's this upstairs downstairs thing too. Yeah. And the orchestra's upstairs as well. And uh uh Candy asks, uh, so is it normal to bribe the um the orchestra? The yeah. And she says, Well, not with money, with beer. Yeah. And, and so there's they, a lot of beer. They send That's over nice. a fucking huge amount of beer. Yeah. And they're all excited. And uh they say like, Oh, can you play that again? So they start playing play it again. again. They're going apeshit downstairs. Yeah. And Count it storms upstairs and he's all mad and then he sees Candy Yeah, Candy, yeah. And
1: I keep on wanting to call him Calvin Candy. It's yes, not it. <laughs>
0: I I would be surprised if that wasn't. Oh, I'm sure that there's a link, that. yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, um but uh so they kinda have a little um
1: they have like a spat. Yeah. And uh, Candy ends up punching count it's. Well,
0: the spat leads to spit. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because spits in his face. That's yeah. what I did. I was going to say spat, but it was too close to spit. So I was trying to think of something else. <laughs> a skirmish. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but uh, count it spits in his face to which Candy shoves him downstairs. Yes. He punches him he downstairs. He punches him, punches him downstairs. Yeah um and it causes a fucking international incident it does um and he said well he started it like and it, it's very much tied to this honor this yes. idea of honor it's
1: like i wouldn't have hit him if he hadn't spat in my face yeah
0: that's like the most disrespectful thing you can it do it is pretty disrespectful it's gross too unless you're into it Yeah. wish <laughs> it
1: in which case it's one of the maybe deadly you during do. the covid era yeah or the, the plague like, i was thinking of like Sexy time spitting in my face. Yeah, spit in my face. Spit in my face. Yeah. He counted spit in my face. <laughs> yeah. He just gets hard. <laughs> oh, you can't see my bone. Huh? Huh? And punches him. <laughs> How dare you? We're in public. <laughs> I'm a gentleman.
0: Um so uh and like all of the all of the like german officers from the table and come these, up yeah, and yeah these are clearly like higher military and dudes they say like hey he's a member of the old deutsche verband well, if he's, he's a the, member of the Alt-Deutsche-Von-Bond... ...they ought to be ashamed of themselves. Yeah. Like, say, what? What, what, what?
1: But our officers
0: are in the old deutsche von
1: well, well, if your they're... officers are in the old deutsche von then they should be ashamed of themselves. He's just digging in. He's just, Yeah, he's not, he's not letting up. Typical British.
0: <sighs> Unbelievable. <Just> and so <laughs> that causes a huge thing. Right. And you see these... Uh, these Germans entering into this like the embassy in yeah. Berlin, uh, the English embassy, and they're talking to um, someone and they're asking about uh, Clive Candy. Yes. And he says, oh, he's an officer. And they're like, oh, good, he's an officer. We were worried about that. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's yeah. gone. Now like, that he's of the
1: same rank as...
0: Yeah, now he can be challenged uh, to a duel with mm-hmm. these other officers. You yeah. can't challenge if they're a lesser... Right, soldier, and it seems to be a lot of officers that so are like can. wanting yes. to, to. it's do eighty-two something. officers want to duel. Yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they demand satisfaction. Demand it. Fear um, demand satisfaction. <laughs> Give it to us
1: can you please <laughs>
0: um and it's funny too because then there's these scenes of like them planning the duel and like yeah. way more goes into it than i thought i thought people just got pissed and like shot each other or something yeah no but this and is the like, swords
1: this is it in they they're like talking about how much the swords can weigh yeah they have a book of yes. rules which
0: is very german that sounds right, right yeah um and they're kind of You know, oh, well, we have a place we can It's this gymnasium that we can do it at. Yeah. We'll do it at the local rec center. (laughs) (laughs) There's a boys and girls club down the street we can go to. Nobody's in there. Um, But they also announce who he will be dueling. Yes. Um, And it is Oberleutnant Theodor Kretschmar Schuldorf. That's a hell of a name. Anton Woolbrook. Yes. Uh, And they also uh, admit that he's not a big fan of dueling and he's very reluctant yeah but he has been chosen because he's, he's a the good one. dueler. yeah because he's real good at it uh we're all good at stuff we hate right <sighs> yep. uh sex, sex. <laughs> again <laughs> i know i'm good at it but <laughs> um so then we get this gymnasium uh scene yeah uh it's not really a dual scene, it's, but it is. They say it is. Um, it is but uh, Candy is being very lighthearted. Yeah. And, and he's like, you know, like. And doesn't really like, know. Oh, the... where's the- Theodor Kretschmar schuldorf And they're like, oh, very good. You remember his name? And he's like, yes, I just wanted to know it so I could say, uh, if, when my grandchildren ask if I've ever cut a man's ear off, I can say, yes, I've cut Theodor Kretschmar schuldorfs <laughs> ear off.
1: You know, he's kind, yeah, kind of cracking wise. Yeah, and and this is like this is showing some of his youth. Yes. And, uh, yes. Yes. Pompousness. So yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it's it, it, and and it seems like the other British officers that are there, are like, "Whoa, oh, you rabble rouser! Oh. oh, you candy!" And
0: uh, yeah, the the Germans are much more uptight. Yeah. Um, and they they bring in the Swiss guy to yeah. be the the kind of ref. And who is he's actually incredibly uptight, as and well. and he's
1: an actual like Swiss lord. Oh, okay. I was reading. Kind of like, looks like it, yeah. Uh, well, I that's, believe it. I mean, that's why they were like, uh, "We need somebody who knows who what looks, to do. <laughs> who looks a little inbred." Um, <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> two ears? I mean, three ears? Everybody has two ears. <laughs> <laughs> Not on
0: one side. Um, but uh, it's funny too because this guy comes over and he's like. Will you be rolling up your sleeve or ripping it off? And he says, "Which uh, is well, which is which is better?" And he's like, "I am unable to give you any advice." Exactly. And then he's like, "Okay, well, I think I'll tear it. It's definitely better. That is definitely better." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Why, you, could, all right, you
1: prick. Glad I. If I had said uh, roll it up, would you read? Mm-mm. <laughs> no, no, don't do that. Don't pick, pick different. <laughs> <Psst>. <laughs> hey, don't do that.
0: <laughs> but. Uh, it's and it's very like official seeming and, and mm-hmm. kind of uh stuffy and uh the
1: well and like the whole part of this scene is like it's all prep. preparation yeah yeah and um so people are testing the swords and giving yeah, them just, to him oh, yeah, and they're yeah. looking around and uh and there you, you see uh Theo kind of put his shoes in something and they're like uh, whenever uh Candy goes over they're like, oh, you should step in the rousing. are like, okay, and does yeah, it. Yeah. And so there's all this like all this pomp and circumstance know to do either. about it. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, and then
0: they start dueling. They start dueling, and as they start dueling, the camera rises up, mm-hmm. out, out of the. It, it does, jibaisy. you know, a, a, it's like a kind a of dissolve, fade, yeah. sort of.
1: And it's it's a uh, it, it goes to this outside. big, big aerial shot. Yeah. That's clearly that's, a model, but yeah, yeah, but it but it's also there's like this snowy the snow effect so it's it gives us kind it's of like also just a ballsy move to not show the duel with all yeah, of this build up. We don't we don't see it and That's perfect. Then we kind of crane back down to a carriage with Deborah Carr in it. With Deborah Carr and, and she's she, all worried. And
0: she and then we see an ambulance come out and that's how we know it's over. Yeah. We don't know what happened yet.
1: We see nothing.
0: Uh great. And also, it's it's partly uh, it partly inspired the scene in Raging Bull, yeah. in his big fight, yeah. Where Scorsese it goes up. loves this scene. Oh, he loves it. He's like the the guts. Yeah, he's like I yeah. didn't know you could do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he goes to the hospital. Um, he has uh, it, it's kind of a draw. It seems. Hmm um where he got cut across the lip so he will yeah. have a mustache the rest of the movie. Yeah, I saw and, that coming, but yeah. And uh Te- Teo has a uh, has a big gash on his forehead. Yeah, needed 12 stitches. Yeah, and he's like kind of bragging that it's more stitches than he got. So yeah. he thinks yeah. he won. <laughs> um but uh Edith is going to go back to England, but she is told, hey, we kind of spun this to be about you. Yeah, it's like he came So that it wasn't an international candy, incident. Candy came to Germany for you. And so we want it to seem like the duel was over you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you could stay. Be a good dear and stay. And so she stays uh, to make mm-hmm. it look like that the duel was over her. Um, his upper lip was nearly severed, which is gross. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, and... It is. The nurse, it's funny because they're kind of keeping all of the secret. And so she thinks that he fell through some window. Right. And that there's another guy who fell next door. What a coincidence. They're so lucky, too. Um,. (laughs) <laughs> and oh, we get that great scene where Deborah Carr comes in, and he is—he's got his bandaged yeah. face. Oh, yeah, yeah and he's yeah. just doing funny hand gestures and stuff to communicate to communicate that uh, like he wants her to write a letter to his aunt. and yeah. all the stuff—it's uh, very fun. It's, it's pretty it's fun. Playful, um, but uh, you know, then we kind of get this sequence of hospital life. Yeah, and uh, it's funny—we get this scene where uh, British and German soldiers are both trying to enter a doorway. Yes, but neither yeah. will let the other one go, f- or yeah. neither
1: will go first. Yeah, they're like trying to be like, oh, you know, you, you, no, you. you. Oh, I can't. Like, what did he say? I think he wants you to go first. How about we go at the same time? And How so about that? Okay, each soldier goes together at the same time. <laughs> they like kind of greet great one by one and then go
0: in. It's yeah. silly. And then we kind of get this this whole these series of scenes of building a relationship with Edith and. Tao. Yes. Who who comes
1: over um for a card game at and, some point. And Edith and Tao seem to hit it off right away because she speaks some like some German, some German yes. and they're able to communicate and he yeah. knows. I don't two... know who the other woman's supposed to be. I figured it was a translator, but I guess I I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, well that woman who they play cards with is Ursula Jeans, who hmm. is um Roger Livesey's wife.
1: Oh. In real life. Oh wow, okay. Um
0: Teo is still learning English.
1: Yeah. He, knows he only knows two phrases. He knows very much and not very much. Not very much. <laughs> and that comes into play. It does. It's great. I, it's, it's fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so, you know, and we it, it kind of jumps forward through time, but you get that they've been here for weeks
1: and and they've kind of bonded and they've yeah, they've definitely well, because bonded like, and Teo, become friends. Uh, Tao knows a little bit more English now. Yes. There seems to be a rapport. And so we jump to the scene where they're packing.
0: Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's Edith and um candy. And candy packing. And Edith's acting very weird and and and's crying and stuff. Yeah, and she's, she's real not sad. really sure what's what's going on. What's going on. Um and uh Teo comes in and he's acting weird as well. Yeah. And Candy's like, What's what going- the blazes with- is on with everyone today? <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: We're all going to die. And Teo-, I just
0: that. Te- Te- Teo comes in and says, uh, you know, we must duel again. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you, uh, you need to work on your English more. And he says, uh, I love your Miss, Miss Hunter. Hunter. <laughs> What? I love your Miss Hunter. He's like, What are you crazy? And he's like, No, you are the crazy one. She loves me too.
1: <laughs> no, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh and uh So you find out that that uh Teo and Edith are in love. They fell love. in love during this whole
0: time. And it's tearing Edith apart, and Teo feels really bad too, but uh immediately Yeah. Candy congratulates them. And he's, he's like, "She wasn't my fiance. It's all good, man. Hey, it's all man. good, bro. <laughs>
1: hey, we're good. We're bros, bro. Dude, don't worry about it, man. And <laughs> um, hey, no problem. Man.
0: And he's really excited. And he um, he's saying goodbye to them. He kind of gives uh, Teo like this speech that he doesn't understand about taking care of her no and you stuff. Won't and, understand this. Uh, and Teo ends this with, "My English is not very much." <laughs> But my friendship for you, is very much.
1: Uh, it's so sweet. Um, and uh, God, and now I'm just thinking about like the 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 direction that that, that Teo goes. Yeah. yeah heads yeah. in, and so yeah. it's like it's just rethinking about how all of them start. Yeah. Um, is it's just the growth of of these characters. You can argue that Candy doesn't really grow a whole lot. But he, he would he, say that. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. literally says it at the end. Yeah. Yes, no, right. He does. Yeah. But you but he but he does. He does. Oh, he you totally know?
0: he totally changes
1: by the end. Yeah. yeah. Um all of them do. Yeah. Well,
0: not Edith. She dies. Um but <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a pretty big change. Guess
1: me <laughs> yeah,
0: going from she's yeah, all alive at the beginning. Yeah,
1: her character <laughs> developed from being alive to being dead. That's a huge jump in Present character. to non-present? Yeah. So that takes that's a lot it takes a lot of range <laughs> from an actor
0: but on his way back Candy realizes how much he loves Edith yeah and he uh, he then goes back to that foreign office gets chewed out about how much he cost them by going to yeah. Berlin and he shouldn't have uh, almost caused an international incident mm-hmm. uh, arguably did yes. um, <laughs> but and he decides to t-
1: but the real war <laughs> is the friends we made along the way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is what this movie is, I'd say. It is, yeah, uh, but he uh, he decides to take Edith's sister, uh, who was mm-hmm. hinted at earlier, yeah. to the theater, um, to
1: see if she's anything like her sister. And she's she she is not. And I, she's they, a they the way that the way that they do her makeup and costume is perfect. Yeah, yeah. makes her seem because like they it's... don't give her a lot to say or anything. It's no, just do they give you her kind anything of... to say. It's, it's like, a couple
0: lines here and there yeah, it's, uh, but as it's, they're sitting, but yeah. more lines are given to his friend up in the balcony. Yes. Uh, um, who's the same friend that we met at the beginning yes. in the bathhouse. Yes. It's funny, who's too, because he, he gave him opera tickets at the beginning. Right. And now he's marrying the woman.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Who, yeah. Uh,
0: but uh, anyways, she's very lame. Yeah. And so uh, he goes home alone. Yeah, he goes to his aunt's house. Uh, yes, and she's always wanted him to live there with her. She's got all this space and all this stuff. Big house. And, uh, and he ends up inheriting that house. Yes. Um, but uh, Candy is talking to her, mm-hmm. and uh, and she's a pretty sassy old lady. Love her. Uh, and said we only get this one scene with her. Yeah, yeah. But And he's kind of realizing how much he loves Edith, yeah. and she's kind of consoling him. And uh, she says something about... How empty the walls are, yeah, and then we get this pretty funny cut, yeah. And uh, this and this is it's a, a time, series of cuts.
1: This is a time jump
0: montage, it is kind of, but it's also so fucking clever, too. And yeah. like, um, this wasn't a method used in mainstream film, it seemed very experimental, jump yeah. Um, and this sequence of these, uh, so it's a series of animal heads. So we hear how much he likes hunting on the wall. Yeah, yeah. And so he's going through and killing all of these animals, um, many of which now are um, endangered. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know how they got that way.
1: Um, <laughs> but what's 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 interesting, it's... time jump wise, is mm-hmm. they'll show an empty spot on the wall, and you'll hear a gunshot, and the animal head will appear on the wall, they'll but have a then. Ear. It'll cut to the sign that says where it was shot and the year. Yeah. So you're getting this uh, flipping calendar mechanism. Yes. Yes. Um, but it's through uh, something that the character is doing. Well, it's pretty brilliant. And this
0: scene, it was shot by a secondary unit,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, a young man named Jack Cardiff. I was like now, 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 who would be shooting this sequence? Uh, Jack Cardiff, who now is. One uh, of the most uh, famous
1: cinematographers of yes. all time.
0: And, and a lot for the stuff he does with Powell and Pressburger. Yes, Parker. yeah. Um, and next week we will get to see some of his work with the red shoes. Yeah. But um, he shot this sequence and Michael Powell was so impressed that he said, I w- w- do you want to shoot my next picture? Yeah. And he's like, "Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Please. Uh, but what's really cool too is it's time passing through these animal heads and then it pans over to the... Um, the uh, fireplace yeah. mantle, and it has this uh, German hat from World right. War One, and it says "Hun yeah. Flanders 1918." Yes, and then I'm guessing we must jump back a yeah. little bit, right, uh, to World War One. Yeah, and he's uh, with his driver Murdoch. Uh, Murdoch is a, a funny character. He's uh, Scottish. Yes, and uh, he is—I uh, forgot the actor's name—but he ends up playing. Um, in a, a notorious sitcom in england called dad's army
3: uh-huh. um,
0: and he's he's one of the stars of dad's army uh-huh. uh which is about the uh home guard during world war ii oh interesting so it's okay. kind of funny towards the later when he says yeah. i've joined the home guard and it's <laughs> kind of this um it's not a reference because he wouldn't do it yet no uh but it's just a fun coincidence that's funny yeah um but uh, his driver Murdoch uh, is kind of this dipshit, but he's funny and
1: and he's sincere too. Yes, I like him. Like he's, and uh, yeah. Uh,
0: so they they stop at this. You know, it's World War One and it's everything's mud and you know he goes to this there place was, where they've uh, got these prisoners. I
1: I know that this when we get this switch previous to this scene and this time jump. Things have, We haven't seen a, a war front. We've seen a right. hospital. This we've is the seen, only war like, front we've we see. seen. Yeah. But there's something about it that was like really cozy. This uh-huh. whole movie, I think, is very cozy. Yeah, I found it yeah. to be like, ooh. There's
0: a lot of um, smaller places yeah. as well. A lot of scenes in, yeah. in cozy environments. But
1: I think what made this jump so cozy was it was raining and it was dark. I yeah. was like, ooh. This yeah. Is a, this is a great... Rainy well, Day so, movie. Yeah, Candy is is he he
0: comes up in Dupuy. Mm-hmm. Uh well Dupuy is where he goes, but uh he's in this place and he is uh looking for for Theo. Yeah. Uh, amongst these prisoners. Yeah, And he's asking like do you know Kretschmar Schuldorf? Mm-hmm. And uh, they won't tell him anything. Uh, and he is told to go to Dupuy to uh, catch a train to London um where he is going to deliver different things yeah messages.
1: Well, we also get in this scene when he's questioning these uh german sh- soldiers we get this idea yeah. that uh, again this recurring idea of different tactics that he doesn't agree with because he's like yeah. we won't use the same tactics tactics to get you all to talk yeah. but believe me we have our own yeah yeah but then you <laughs> then he's kind of undercut um by this south african guy that's that's there. That's kind of like yeah. the commander. Once he leaves, yeah, who's like, you have thirty seconds. Yeah, you don't know
0: what happens after thirty no. seconds. I mean, but I have an idea, but uh, yeah, it's threatening. Certainly, he's scary. Um, he's got scars on his face, but uh, he goes to Dupuis, and uh, here's where we actually get some real American soldiers from World War Two yeah. uh, are in it. And this, uh, he says he's a brigadier general, um, and it's this very like. Trying to talk to him, but he's talking to somebody else, and it's it's this kind of we kind of get this like uh, stereotypical crass American, and yeah, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, and he talks about uh, that there's no trains, and he's saying, a, you know, a, a transport officer with no trains, <laughs> <laughs> and he talks about how inefficient this war is, and you know, he's yeah had all of these deliveries with nothing in them, and yeah. you know, if if this was how it
1: was in the Boer War, yeah, just like. <laughs> Thinking he deserves more than uh, is available to him, it's like yeah. we're in the middle of a war. I don't have time for like these like uh, pleasantries or like these 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 traditions. Yeah, yeah, that you're used to. Well, and he's
0: hungry, so he's told to go to the Crown of Thorns, mm-hmm. uh, which he thinks is a pub, uh, but is actually sounds like an awesome uh, pub. <laughs> Crown of Thorns. Yeah, um, but uh, it it is actually a um, nunnery. Yeah. Uh, with a bunch of nurses and stuff as well. And he catches a ride with this uh black motorcycle um driver. American, uh, American soldier. soldier. Yeah. And uh there's a lot in between like when he's talking to the Americans and he's saying, like, oh bl- blast, we don't speak the same language, do we? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's it's a lot of language in the scene that's really fun. And he um he's Gesturing when he gets to the nunnery to this nun that he's hungry, and he's like, mm-hmm. oh, no. and they're French. So yeah. He's like, manger. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, come with me. And uh, she says something in French to, to the woman who speaks English, and she's yeah. like, oh, so she says, You've eaten something? We can take you to the nurse. And he's like, No, no. <laughs> no I'm, I'm I hungry. want to eat something. <laughs> I'm hungry. And they all laugh, you know. Yeah. And uh, as he's walking to the table, he sees this nurse. That is Deborah Carr. Yes, uh, and, uh, he's like, oh. and he's and like, and he's like, just m- taken mystified. In by yeah. yeah, and uh, he's trying to figure out who she is, but then she leaves, and he hears that they are from Yorkshire. Yeah, and uh, so he's got that in his mind. Well, I know where I'm going. And uh, then we get this next scene where he's talking to um, to Murdoch. His driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's saying like, I saw a woman who looks exactly like her. Mm-hmm. And Murdoch's like, uh, she must have been a very common type of girl, sir. <laughs> and yeah. he's like, what? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, you've seen her. You've seen a woman who looks like her everywhere we've
1: gone. Mm-hmm. I didn't catch this line yeah. on first viewing and I was watching something that mentioned it. I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Pretty because brilliant. it tells... It's very telling. Yeah. yeah. And I love that line. She must yeah. be really common. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um and he uh while he's talking to Murdoch, he gets this message from another soldier who comes mm-hmm. and uh it is a uh letter saying that there's been an armistice. Yeah. Uh this was our clip mm-hmm. at the beginning. Yeah. And uh it's it's this this, you know, fulfillment of what he thinks about the world that they won because they're not scumbags and they yes. won because they fought correctly. Yes. Uh, that uh, right is might. And, yeah. Which and, is,
1: I think one of the grossest lines uh, in the entire movie. I was like, <laughs> Ugh, nah, I don't like that. <laughs> um, but what, what happens is like they, they're, they're very close to the, uh, to 10 o'clock, which is the, when, when the piece starts. Yeah. The armistice starts. Yeah. And uh, they go through all this and things kind of get quiet and you just hear this bird start singing. Yeah. And then and they the look off at it. And the camera kind of pulls out. Yeah. And then we go yeah. to our next scene. Slightly cheesy, but I like it. I thought it was a little cheesy, but I was also, yeah. also like,
0: I'll allow it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll allow it, guys. Uh, and then we get this kind of quick quick cut, like post-war peacetime. Uh, they show they're... it in a factory of... Uh, textiles. Textiles. Yeah. And it's really interesting because they know that they're using technicolor. Yeah. Um, which makes this because it's this woman putting on these colorful threads. Yeah. Uh and all of that is just about that during the war there were no colorful threads, everything was right. khaki. Yeah. Um and so uh, you know, that's very telling, especially for a, a modern yeah. uh, audience there. Um but uh and he is there with Uh, this woman, Deborah Carr. Mm -hmm. uh, And she is now Barbara Wynn. Yes. Um, And these two dogs, which are Michael Powell's dogs, Eric and Spangle.
1: Aw. Eric. Spangle. I don't like that one. Eric. Eric is a great dog's name. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's really good. Eric. (laughs) Eric, did you poop on the floor
0: again? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, this is the first time we also get Candy saying that he's kind of lost without a war. Yes. He's, he's a soldier and he doesn't know right. what to do at any other time. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well imagine that your whole country bought a bunch of weapons and then just continually get into wars so that they get to use these weapons and Ooh. the infrastructure therein of weapons companies. I'll think Wouldn't about that be awful? I'll think about it. Some kind of military industrial complex or something. I've considered it. That'd be awful. It um, sounds great to me. So he is marrying this Barbara. Um it's very romantic. It's not like uh No, it is. It's like, not a it's, consolation marriage.
1: Yeah, and they they we do get this scene uh where they're just alone together on yeah. their land where they're very like cuz like he's worried because he does look and is older. Yeah, he's 20 years older than her, they say. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we do get this like really endearing sweet moment where they're by themselves where she's like I I Love you because you're you, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, very I was sweet. like, I was watching it and I was like, this is so fucking romantic. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, and then he basically replies, like, yes, same. I feel the same about you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so I'm going to jump a little ahead, but they, um, they go to their home, which is the aunt's home. She has yes. died. Um, and, uh, Murdoch. His driver from World War One works mm-hmm. in the home. Yeah. And uh, and he's, you know, a little inept, but you know, good enough. Yes. Um, and they get a letter uh saying that they have found Teo, and he is in England in a POW camp. Right. Um so of course they go there. Yeah. To find and talk to Teo. Um he sends him a letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's there but they yeah. walk out a letter to him and it basically it just said like hey i'd love to see you very much very, mu- very like, much very much yeah, underlined and, yeah as and an inside joke to it's it's brought to teo and he kind of laughs and then gives it back and doesn't get up mm-hmm. and it's like what the hell like do you want a re- do you have a response he's like no no and so he doesn't come and so he decides to go out there to... Talk to him. Talk to him. Yeah. And he says, oh, Teo. And he sees him, and Teo just walks away Yeah, with his fellow soldiers. Right. And uh, it's this very hurtful moment for, for Candy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't yeah. really understand it. And later on, he gets a call at home, and it's Teo. <clears> and <throat> yeah. he's leaving London, and... Uh, you know he's going back to Germany, and so he uh, Candy invites Teo over yeah. for dinner. Yeah, uh, that he's having with several other people. Right, um, and he's saying, "Well, whoa, whoa, what was going on at the camp?" He says, "Oh, I was
1: a silly fool." <laughs> but the truth is, like he wasn't really. No, and it's, it's, and it's it's, and it's getting revealed. into how humiliating
0: world war one was
1: right. And I think, and, and, and I also think that it, as we find out with this dinner scene, eventually how, how confusing it is, um, for somebody who is made friends with somebody of the opposite side of, of the war. Yeah. Um, and how the victors treat the losers sometimes, mhm where they are blinded by this chivalry yeah of war yeah that is changing
0: definitely <clears throat> um and well, so they catch up in the car yeah and he's got two boys mhm he's married still yep uh and uh, to Edith and it's brought up this idea of what even is the future in germany yeah and and Obviously, Teo is very down. Yes, uh, yeah, and uh, he's just you know he's like I, I don't know if there's a country to go home to, right? Or, yeah, this you idea know, we're not allowed to have an army anymore. So what the hell is going to come of me? Right. Yeah. Um, it's and like no horses. <laughs> so he uh, goes to dinner, and it's all of these kind of British upper class, mm-hmm. uh, upper class men, and they are. Um, they're kind of trying to console him, but in their very British way, that's a little condescending.
1: It's incredibly condescending, um, and
0: yeah. is naive. It is on on the like, effect oh, we're a, of we're a trading nation. We want we're not going to benefit from you being in a bad place. Yeah, and they we'll there's help just,
1: you. There's no foresight on what this means for him and and for Germany. And it's this. Yeah, we don't
0: want to make beggars out of you. We can't ask you to be our friends if we rob you and humiliate you too. And it's this scene, and you can just see it on Theo's face, yeah, right, like just oh, fuck these people so much. And he <laughs> mm-hmm. mocks them on the train, yeah, yeah, uh, with on the his train back with his yeah. uh, his Germans, yeah. Uh, and he says, and the last thing he said to me was, "Don't you worry, we'll get Germany back on her feet," mm-hmm. which really bugs him. And uh, then we get this montage moving time forward. Mm-hmm. um there's uh you know he goes to china for a little bit mm-hmm. a lot of travel there's it's a book um yeah uh, like a, a photo album being yeah. being turned yeah uh and it's got these different things that are superimposed the, and yeah stuff. some like overlaid images um, and... uh he's no longer an active general mm-hmm. uh 1926 mm-hmm. all of a sudden you start seeing these uh these newspaper things talking about uh general candy's loss yeah And so you get the idea that Barbara has died. Yeah. Um, And then it goes to this after Barbara dies, it's still turning these pages, but they're black.
1: Yeah, there's nothing in them.
0: Uh, Which is very... It's It's like, what is my future? Oh, Oh, it's devastating. And then there's another funny cut because then it becomes another uh, shooting heads montage. Yeah. Yeah. I love because that band, The
1: Shooting Heads.
0: That's the Shooting Heads, uh, <laughs> but yeah. But it's, it's it is funny every time they do it because it's this kind of. Uh,
1: it is like this, like Buñuelian like escape kind of cuts. Yeah, like but because there, they're experimental.
0: Yeah, and they, but it's it's this he does it to escape every time something bad happens.
1: Yes, is going to. I mean, every time he's when heartbroken, he when takes it out on some animals. When well, and also when there is no war. He goes to yeah. war with nature in a way. Yeah. And, and goes to That's hunt, true. That's interesting. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's all he knows. It's all he knows. And, he's, it's, and he says as much throughout the entire movie. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, so now
0: Tao, uh, we hopped to 1939. And it's this document being filled out with Teo's name. Yeah. And uh, he's trying to immigrate to England. Mm-hmm. Um Oof. in 1939. Um he left uh he's coming from France. Yeah. And he left Germany in nineteen thirty-four, mm-hmm. which is a little too late <clears throat> little bit. for England. Yeah. Uh they're like, oh, most of the people got out in thirty three. What took you so long? What took you so long? And he tells this this story, and and
1: I think we're gonna cut to it, right? I think now. I think yeah, we, we're we're gonna play the clip because we can't do it justice. Yeah, we're just going to let you listen to it. So we'll play that uh, clip right now. enjoy that.
2: The truth about me is that I'm a tired old man who came to this country because he's homesick. Oh, please don't stare at me like that, sir. I'm all right in the head. You know that after the war, we had very bad years in Germany. We got poorer and poorer. Every day, retired officers and school teachers were caught shoplifting money lost its value, the price of everything rose, except of human beings. We read in the papers, of course, that the after-war years were bad everywhere, that crime was increasing and that the honest citizens were having a hard job to put the gangsters in jail. Well, I needn't tell you, sir, that in Germany, the gangsters finally succeeded in putting the honest citizens in jail. My wife was English. She would have loved to come back to England, but it seemed to me that I would be letting down my country in its greatest need, and so she stayed at my side. When in summer, 33, we found that we had lost our children to the Nazi Party, and I was willing to come, she died. None of my sons came to a funeral. Heil Hitler.
0: Fantastic. Um, I, I, and that I, goes, it it goes, goes on. It goes on so much yeah. longer, and it's one take. Oh, and it's, and just, it's glorious. I think it's I, And it's this beautiful. is so much Emmerich Pressburger talking. This is yes. his message he wants to say
1: this is this is uh, autobiographical, yes,
0: yes, and you know that his children are Nazis. he doesn't have a connection to them um, the meeting itself isn't going particularly well no um he gives the speech and it's it's it doesn't really do that well, much but and
1: part of it is like the the speech is not for the audience, but for him, it's undercut because this immigration officer is like, well, if you know this. Know candy so well where is he to vouch for you and right then he comes in yeah candy comes in
0: and just enthusiastically vouches for him yeah um it's a very sweet it feels good it's a but it's still kind of melancholy um just because of teo teo's still i mean teo's also pale very
1: pale in this in this third well he's lost third he's lost so much more than candy yeah and he is a sad, sad man. And, and a lot of this movie, uh, one element to it at least, is loss. Yes, for sure. Um, and But, but and, we don't...
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, and he lost his wife. You know, they both lost a Deborah Carr.
1: And uh. Teo lost his kids. Yes. To yes. Nazism. Yeah. Lost his home yeah. long before a, any would of would this happened. Would have rather had him die, probably. Yeah, like, I mean, when was the last time that Teo had a home? They met during yeah. the Boer War. Yeah. They were home for a little bit, but that didn't well, and this didn't is 39,
0: last. and if he left in 34, so it's been at least five years just meandering around France. Right,
1: and he doesn't, he doesn't recognize the Germany that he went home to. And part of that speech yeah. is he feels that England is his home. Yes, yes. Yeah, he goes into how much he loves England. Right, and he's being rejected. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, at least at the moment. And uh, next uh, we jump a little bit forward and Candy... Um, who also now he looks like from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he is uh, bald, fat, and uh, has a big walrus mustache. Um, but uh, they're having dinner, and he's like, well, why don't you stay later? And he's like, oh, well, there's a curfew for mm-hmm. enemy aliens, which mm-hmm. is what he was classified as mm-hmm. also Pressburger, um, as we said yes. before. <clears throat> um, but uh, they're having dinner. He's been um, Candy has been moved to active duty since yes. World War II has broken out. Mm-hmm. Um, and he admits in this scene, uh, to Teo that he always loved Edith, yes, and he never got over it. And he's right. saying, But you were so happy for us that day, and he said, Well, I didn't know then, yeah, I knew and, when I and, and also know. he
1: was happy, he was, yeah, 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 Th- that wasn't a lot, yeah.
0: I do wish he said that a little bit, I do, yeah. Um, it's but like, well, I was happy for you, but um, it wasn't until after, but uh, he's saying he never got over it, and he's saying that, um, he says, You know. Perhaps you'd be my ideal if I was some sickening long-haired poet. Um, You are, <laughs>
1: dude. All that hair's in your mustache, you long-haired What's funny poet. funny, too,
0: because Michael Powell is obsessed with poetry. Yes. He injects it as much as he can mm-hmm. into everything he does. Yeah. But so much it doesn't fit, so he doesn't do right. it. Yeah. Uh, Which but is he fits in quite a few in... Um, Matter of
1: Life and Matter Death. Matter Life and Death. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, It has David (laughs) Niven, he's about to crash at the very beginning, Mm -hmm. and he's saying, uh, he's talking about what heaven might be like. Yeah. And he's like, uh, you know, and it's exactly like here. Well, or what up here could be, if we listen to people like Plato and Aristotle and Jesus. (laughs) uh, Yeah, okay. (laughs) Love it. it. Yeah. Um, But uh, at this point, Candy shows Teo a painting of Barbara. Yes. Um, And it feels and, and like and he's he, expecting he, Teo be, to go, Wow! Be,
1: because he's talked about how much
0: Barbara looked like Edith. Yeah. And when, when Teo comes in, he's like, Yeah, I guess so. He's like, I can see it. But, you know, I knew her 20 years later than you. She didn't look like she that. She looked like that. Last that. time I saw her. <laughs> uh, she and looked I, dead. We, she was we, a corpse. We grew old together, he says. Yeah. And oh. um, it's interesting, though, because it makes me think that it doesn't look like her to him.
1: Yes, no, it, I, I don't think it does. I mean, but we I think do get it
0: does, one in a but second. Um, but also, I love that Teo says, "What well, a what a strange place for such a lovely picture."
1: Because it's among all these heads. It, it's among all. <laughs> it's in his headroom. <laughs> yeah,
0: and uh, Bar, he says, "Like Barbara wanted it in here," and he says, "All my stuff is here. <laughs> this is where all my stuff is. <laughs> what do you expect?" <laughs> I love that for some reason. Just felt like <laughs> such a like modern. Like, it does. This is my man cave. Well, my TV's in here, and <laughs> uh, and he says uh, that she died while they were uh, out, like on a trip, and mm-hmm. um, I really like this line because it's very telling, and it's almost a it's almost a Colonel Blimp joke, but he says, uh, "Oh, it must have been awful for your wife to die in a foreign country," and. Candy goes, it wasn't a foreign country, it was Jamaica.
1: (laughs) Brilliant. Well, and like, even at that dinner scene earlier, yeah, he's introducing everybody, and all of them are like lords of all of these colonies that the British Empire, yes, 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 which is also southern Arabia, yes, uh, like the unnamed king of southern Arabia, yes, yes, yes. and like, like one of them is the the Duke of Jamaica or something like that, but it's like, it's like, ugh gross
0: um and at this at this point we meet his driver who he's hired yes uh, from 700 different women and he found her and it's deborah car again yes um she is uh angela mm-hmm. or johnny, johnny? As she likes to be called yep or matahari <laughs> matahari if her boyfriend has to say <laughs> spud spud <laughs> Uh, hey, the name's Spud. Spud. Um but uh her boyfriend is in the home guard, Spud. And uh as they're driving, Teo is talking to her for a while and then he sees her face. She turns around. And he is he gets struck. Yeah. 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 And he's he like, kind of uh, smiles knowingly <laughs> like, Oh man, like he found her again.
1: Well, yeah, because like part of it is like he just saw the picture of young Edith, or Barbara, I guess, yeah. who yeah. and so he's got that image in his mind. He's like Okay, we were just talking about Edith, and then he talked about Barbara, and now I see this new young woman who looks exactly and he's just been, but he's just been like the thing about Candy is like he's continually chasing the past. Yes,
0: yes, throughout this whole movie, absolutely. Um, Okay, so now we jump to this uh, BBC broadcast where he is going to give this speech about. Um, we don't know what the speech is about yet. Right. Um, but we do see him come in. We see um, a Somebody... BBC uh, like executive talking to someone yeah. and saying, bring him here. Don't let him go on. Yeah, don't let him on stud- in the studio yet. Bring and him. the broadcast is stopped because Dunkirk just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't want him speaking. And so they also take away his general active status. Mm-hmm. And so now he's like, he doesn't know what to do with himself, but
1: we'll get there in a second. The BBC doesn't take away its general active status. No, no they don't have that power. Uh, yet. Um, this is the BBC and we've taken away your generalship. This is the BBC.
0: Um, <laughs> and you are no longer a general. <laughs> but uh, what? part of his speech um, there, there we cut to the house And Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's Teo, Johnny and, uh, Murdoch. Yeah. And they're all standing around. They're there to listen on the radio for his address, his speech. And they listen and then it doesn't play. And they're like, what the heck? And, the heck? The heck? (laughs) And, uh, Teo's like, I'm not surprised. I read his speech. Yeah. It's not, they're not going to air that. There, there's no way. he says, they, he said that he would rather lose than stoop to the Nazi level in it. And, uh, so he comes back and he tells him it's been canceled. And, and then Murdoch says, you've gotten a letter. Mm-hmm. Opens the letter. And this is the letter saying that he is retired now. Oh, okay. Hey, you're retired. Um, I. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. Whatever you say.
0: And uh, Teo now gives him a talk about his methods and that... He knows if, how to give a speech. If you don't fight the Nazis now... All we will know is... Nazi methods. Yeah. If you don't stoop to some degree to their level, the only thing that will be left are Nazi methods because you will lose. Yes, And they will impose that on everyone.
1: Right. And, and like, it's almost Teo sees because he's seen it already firsthand. Yeah. But he sees the, <clears throat> he sees one that there is, that this is a different war. Yeah. This is a war for everything.
0: When well, he's seen, he's seen them laugh at Englishmen and call yeah. them weak and decadent, yes. and <clears throat> you know he knows that they're being used, and he right. doesn't want that. Right. Um, and he says, uh, "You know, this is not a gentleman's war. Mm-mm. This is against the most devilish idea ever created by a human brain,
1: Nazism." Well, and at the at the beginning, when they're talking about making it like a real war, and um, during these like war games, yeah. They bring up Pearl Harbor, yes, where yes. it's like we'll use the same just tactics. like Pearl Harbor, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. this was a f- <laughs> every war is fucked up, this is real fucked up, yeah, yeah, um, um although we just talked about how the how World War One was just playing with new toys of war, <laughs> just use some mustard gas, let's see what this does, oh, poison, but um, uh, you know, but, then we uh, drop a bomb, a couple bombs, yeah, everything's solved. <laughs>
0: Done. No more war. Take yeah, that right. civilians. Um should have been standing there.
1: Uh <laughs> shouldn't have been in Japan. <laughs> uh
0: also at this point he asks uh Deborah Carr, Johnny, um, and uh and she agrees that he can't they can't fight yeah. fair on this. Right. Uh too much is at, at hand and and she also is the one who comes up with the idea of, of him joining the Home Guard and bringing his expertise mm-hmm. to the Home Guard. Right. Because that's the first line of defense in England. Yes. Uh, and uh, Murdoch comes in and hears Home Guard and he's like, oh, I was going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of squeaks in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I joined the Home Guard. He thinks they're talking about him. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, that's right. I joined the
0: Home Guard. <laughs> and... Uh, then uh, the fucking next scene, we get this newspaper saying that Murdoch died during an I, air raid I and we
1: see why. Candy's house all bombed out. We spent a lot of time talking about this movie, and I still don't think that we've talked enough about how much I care for Murdoch. Because yeah. when this, when I saw that he died yeah. in this newspaper thing... Relief. It's more than that. He's like this connection to uh, the the lower class for candy in a way. Yeah, I can um, see that. because he's Scottish, and there's no respect for the Scottish <laughs> <laughs> from the British. But but yeah, I when I saw that, I was like, oh, I was devastated. Yeah, was yeah. Like, oh man, what's well, so uh unceremonious to some degree too? All of the deaths are. Yeah, it's all true. of the deaths are. That's true. There's no Newsreels death Newsreels or, or uh, like obits. There's no, uh, I'm dying. <laughs> 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 eyes open. <laughs> Never
0: happen- leave Germany. That happens
1: yeah. in uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, the 1931. Yeah. Uh, dramatic deaths? Well, there's a dramatic death where uh, a Frenchman dies with his eyes open and kind of a smile and it's devastating. Oh. I haven't so, seen the original.
0: Um pretty good. So uh next we see Candy on these uh magazine covers for the Home Guard, and it's kind of extolling his his virtues as yes. uh, you know, oh General Clive Candy. This just in this just in <laughs> Hitler still being
1: a butthole. I thought you'd talk about candy. Oh yes, and candy. Whatever. <laughs> yes, candy candy and, as well. And candy's tasty. What do you want me to say <laughs> about it?
0: We're not at the ads yet, um, <laughs> yeah, but ad he's lead. he's basically teaching the home guard how to how to do war in there, uh, and then we hop to them preparing for the war games at twelve. So we've we've looped back to the beginning. We're at the beginning, and we see Spud with Johnny, and Spud is telling her his plan. She's like, "You
1: can't do that."
0: And yeah, she's like, "Well, you heard where he was from me. Like you're using me." And he's like, "Well, anything during war."
1: Fuck you, man. It's weird because like they they do this kind of chase thing around the cafe and it it's pretty it's playful. Playful? Yeah. I don't, yeah.
0: The whole thing remains playful, I think, especially with Johnny. Yes. She is the most lighthearted version of Debra Carr.
1: And she's the most youthful. And like you were saying yeah, before, she makes it's faces because, and stuff. yeah, it's yeah. because like she's, and she's a little, um, especially when she's driving Teo, uh, going back a, a, for a second, she's almost a little crass. Yeah. Yeah. Like being like, bah, it's fucking light. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't say that. Yeah. But <laughs> it's cocksucking light. <laughs> it's motherfucking cocksucking light. <laughs> Can you believe this, dude?
0: Um, but then we get this chase, Spud falls. Um, and uh, she is trying to get to the bathhouse first to warn Candy, mm-hmm. but she can't go in because she's a woman. Yes. Um, and uh, we we show some sides of the same scenes right. that we've already seen, which is really cool. I love, I love that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then we hop straight. We, we don't see the confrontation again. Right. We just see him talking to them and saying, well, you can't leave until six. And you know he's he's really upset and he's it, embarrassed. He's embarrassed. It hops to the next uh, morning, yeah. and he's sitting on a bench by himself. And he's just... I thought
1: this was very funny. <laughs> he's just he's got his like weird military bamboo cane. Yeah, that's usually meant for beating. Uh, but he's just like <laughs> using it, sitting on a bench, moping, kind of mm-hmm. like he's very mopey, raking up leaves into a pile. Yeah. and then as Te- uh, Teo walks over, he just kind of swings and hits it. I was like. That is a little kid move. Yes. And that's so funny. Well, and it's funny because
0: Teo comes up and he's talking, he's like, uh, yeah, I heard what happened. It's a dirty trick, but I can't help but feel like it's funny. He says, That's the problem, it is. Um and So there's growth. There is growth, but he's still really upset and he's yeah. talking about like what'll happen to the boy, you know, what'll happen to Spud. Like he's gonna be he will have to talk to this right. tribunal and all this yep, stuff. Yep, and, yep. and as they're standing there, uh they like get up and look at the water and Candy is saying, you know, I don't want the boy to get in trouble. I think I'll invite him to dinner instead. And you can see on Johnny's face like how much this is a change
1: for him. For him and and in a way, like how much she I got the sense that she's, like, looking for approval. Like, there's this uh, yeah. fatherly figure. Oh, she figure. loves him, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. is wanting she approval. She thinks he's a total sweetheart. Well, she's wanting approval uh, from Candy of Spud. Yeah. Because there's a moment where I yeah, think Teo yeah. is like, you're a fiancé? Like, he's not my fiancé. Oh, boyfriend. Yes, yes, yes. Um, So there is this, like... There's this endearing relationship that, that Candy and Johnny have. Definitely, definitely.
0: Well, and he, he kind of, at this point, really gets the perspective of it all. Because yeah. he he says this, and he says, uh, When I was a young chap, I was all gas and gators with no experience worth a damn. Now tons of experience, but nobody thinks I'm any use. And, you know, he he's... Coming to terms with that I mean, he's very he's in mourning yeah. of his own use. Yes. But uh the biggest thing is then the men march by. And we and don't they're, see they're, it, we no, just hear it. We just see them and we see Clive kind of straighten up and then he salutes them. And that And
1: that's the end. That's then the we end. cut, back to, we the cut back to the tapestry. And that's the end.
0: Yeah. Um. really cool uh, I uh, you yeah. know it, it's a very um, so it's, the a, title, it's a propaganda what I, end, what yes. I
1: what I will say is this the title of this movie is a Big Fat Lie there's no blimp <laughs> there's no blimp there's no death but of... I like it as an
0: archetype like this is how one oh, becomes a blimp yes yes um, uh, that's not a
1: fat reference <laughs> I like it when somebody gets all fat like a blimp <laughs> no but I do think that the that... I paired it with the whale <laughs> But I paired it with the Nutty Professor too. <laughs> no, <The clumps>? one. <laughs> uh, oh god! Uh, <laughs> but like, um, I do, I do think that the ending of this is yes, it, it, it is a propaganda ending because it, it's, it is still like, it's still, it, it's, it's, the it's thing him that signifies his growth because it's him saluting the future. Yeah, it's him saluting like, uh, yeah, I accept. That yes. yes I'm done yeah um yeah. I'll and give everything and, I can but I know that I'm, that, I'm, I'm and accepting old. and accepting the future accepting yeah. that this is now the way that we need to do things it's a yeah. movie that I think most boomers should watch but would miss would totally misread yeah yeah <laughs> you know yeah they would if it's they like, could get through it hey this this movie is saying like yes stand get Damn out of the way boomers you boomers uh, but um, but I like this movie. Yeah, it's really good. I thought good. it was really good. Um, I get it now. Why Scorsese is like, yeah, I, I like it. it. <laughs> He's like, I like. um <laughs> that was a great my favorite <laughs> Here's my Martin Scorsese. <laughs> um, I like <laughs> movies. <laughs> um,
0: so this was very controversial upon release for its sympathetic German portrayal. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, I think because of the portrayal of the British army, it wasn't released in America until after the war, which is bizarre, but that's what they went with. Hmm. Um, And uh, with cuts. And so somebody Mm -hmm. like Scorsese might have seen it on TV in black and white. Yes. Yeah. Um, In a much shorter version.
1: And for it to still like... Impact him the way it does I know In black so, and, to and be white In too. black and
0: white And to be condensed in that way To, to then see it revived Must have been Un-fucking-real oh um, But passionate fans Did revive it um, And You can really list A lot of people Who are huge fans oh, Of this movie Oh yeah 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 um, But uh, Instead of that We're gonna get into pairings
1: Yes Wrap this baby up Because we've been Talking about this movie For almost as long As the movie is itself <laughs> Which wouldn't be The first time But we're trying to
0: yeah, I'm trying to be nice. I'm I trying guess to think, uh,
1: be conscious of I don't know, of, you know these. I don't know. If you like the long ones, just leave us a review. If that you says, like, the long, I like ones, the long ones, if you like the long ones, just tell us and we'll keep doing them. Yeah, that would be a load off. Yeah, um, but yeah, we'll get into pairings. Um, I'll go first because I, I think, think you did last. I week. think I did. Yeah, so um, you go first.
0: I went with a movie that uh, I mentioned earlier. Kind of fills in some of the gaps of the upper class British ideas about. Germany between the wars. Yeah. Um, and this is a movie uh, called Remains of the Day.
4: Lord Darlington, <clears throat> Lord Darlington is a classic English gentleman of the old school. Decent and honorable and well meaning. So are all of you here, all decent and honorable and well meaning gentlemen. It's been a pleasure and a privilege for me to visit with you here. But, no, excuse me, I have to say this. You are, all of you, amateurs. And international affairs should never be run by gentlemen amateurs. Do you have any idea of what sort of a place the world is becoming all around you? The days when you could just act out of your noble instincts are over. Europe has become the arena of realpolitik, the politics of reality. If you like real politics. And what you need is not gentlemen politicians, but real ones. You need professionals to run your affairs, or you're headed for disaster. So I propose a toast, gentlemen, to the professionals.
0: 1993. Tony Hopps. Uh, Yeah, Anthony Hopkins. (laughs) Tony Hopps, as he likes to be called. Um, And this is directed by James Ivory. Mm -hmm. Um, It's uh, it's one of those uh, Merchant Ivory films. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the 90s that were kind of these uh, British yeah. Regency kind of things. Which um, I'm not usually into really. But well,
1: I'm starting to rethink some stuff. <sighs>
0: yeah, yeah. Um, I
1: guess I don't like the romances.
0: That's what I don't that's like. That's what it is. I yeah. like palace intrigue a lot.
1: Because what I will say is like this, from from seeing parts of it, I haven't seen the the entirety of this film, but it does, it's like, ooh, this is like the Age of Innocence. Yes. Yes, and definitely, which I do. And it's think... a lot
0: about repression and, and yes, in keeping a face for someone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this is Anthony Hopkins, and he is he plays a butler mm-hmm. for an upper class gentleman uh, who kind of gets wrapped up in being used by the Nazis. Yeah. Uh, before the war, mm-hmm. uh, to let them build a big army, which did happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Turns out, and uh, it's really interesting because it's it's both. It's Anthony Hopkins ideas of like, I need to be loyal to this man and he's Mm. he's a British gentleman and, you know, all this stuff. But then you have kind of after the war society hating this man or remembering him poorly. Oh, yeah. And so you have this disconnect between, you know, and and also it has this great role from Christopher Reeve who ends up buying the, the mansion and that's the framing device. Oh, okay. Um. So similar in in that regard yeah. as well as it it hops back right. Um. And you have it bookended with the present
1: being ah uh, yeah after oh. the war. I think that's uh, that that I kind of went a similar route. But well, yeah, we'll we'll get there. Yeah, but, yeah. but it's it's um I
0: love uh, remains of the day. I thought it was phenomenal. Is yeah. that and, the first time it, you'd seen it? Yes. Okay. Yes, and it it, it has just a lot. It fills in a lot of gaps of things yeah. that I was curious about. Okay. Um, and uh, great performances. Uh, has Emma Thompson as well. Oh, yeah. um As the um, woman who runs the the house kind mm-hmm. of stuff. He's the main butler, but she, she comes in as yeah. well. Um, but uh, really, really a great movie. Uh, yeah. And it, it's very British as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so uh, definitely worth checking out. Remains of the Day. Uh, yeah. Also written by Kazuo Ishiguro. Oh, um, uh, a Jap- Japanese fellow who moved to England and wrote some great, great stuff, including the new uh, Akiru movie.
1: Oh, uh-huh. Um, um, living, living, yeah, yeah, um, but, yeah, uh, great stuff. Remains of the Day. Oh yeah. Well, uh, for my pairing, I'll, I'll list a couple that uh, I did. I did think about The Age of Innocence because of the Scorsese uh, connection. Yeah, um, less about war, so I was like, nah, no. And then, like I mentioned before, I thought about uh, All Quiet, either of the versions, because I yeah. think that it fills in a lot of gaps in a different way, where it's like, it shows you a lot of the, the horrors of war. Yeah. Yeah. That but, are not shown in this movie. Yeah. And so, you know, there's some free double bills if you want them. Um, but I ended up going with something a little more fun, uh, a little more enjoyable, um, and something that I thought fit some of the themes that i that I took away from this movie a little bit better. Um, so I went with 2014's the Grand Budapest Hotel forgive me for asking I hope I haven't upset you no of course
4: not is it simply your last connection to that vanished world his world if you will his world no I don't think so you see we shared a vocation it wouldn't have been necessary no the hotel I keep for Agatha We were happy here for a little while. To be frank, I think his world had vanished long before he ever entered it. But I will say, he certainly sustained the illusion with a marvelous grace. Are you going up? No, I'll sit
1: for a little while. Good night. One of my faves. No, this is a phenomenal movie. Yeah, um, and uh, I think it's the height of of Wes Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, um,
0: it's where everything coalesced.
1: Yeah, because there is um, there is first of all the art direction yeah. is typical yeah. Wes Anderson, but like the color palette and, and the yeah. the the majesty of some of this uh, of the sets reminded me of Colonel Blimp. Sure. Um, yeah, In and uh, and also like the 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 bathhouse yeah yeah. i was yeah. like boom i love that yeah um yeah. but as i was looking into it it's about you know some of the effects of war without seeing the war yes the war is a backdrop that you never see yes um yes. and then also with like gustav h he is a man out of time yeah um who is who is used honor. to these yeah he's yeah. he's about honor he is about respect and all of these yeah. things that that just don't exist anymore and he's trying to hold on to them as, yeah. as best he can as soon as and he gets doesn't... out of prison he needs to
0: spray himself with cologne yes ex- yes yeah, yeah. yeah. um
1: <laughs> um and it's also got a, a a similar framing device of like starting in the contemporary world and then hopping back and kind of looking at different um time periods of, of of yes yes this legend of the budapest hotel yeah um and uh and it's also just like so delightful and you get this like really wonderful buddy story um yeah and this really beautiful romance uh where saoirse ronan yeah. dies off screen yeah like you just it just happens and you don't yeah it's done in and voiceover yeah yes um, and so like, as I was watching it, I was like, uh, yep, this is, this is the double bill because this is just such an enjoyable, yep. what, like five or six hours or something. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, Grand yeah. Budapest it's is not, under it's not, two. Yeah. It's not super long. Um, it's close to two, but not quite. Mine's um, longer than two hours. So mine would remains be of the day.
0: Mine would probably be five hours. Okay.
1: But still you yeah, will have time. Yeah. Come on. So just do it. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, so my <laughs> my double bill is is uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel.
0: Hell yeah, so much fun. Um, so next week we will continue our
1: Michael Powell, Emmerich Pressburger, mm-hmm. uh, two episodes. What'll be interesting about that is uh, we'll kind of uh, since we already have some of the background, we'll probably like cover. We will have background.
0: Yes, yes,
1: but we'll more be talking about uh, why Colonel Blimp was uh left off the the list and why yes. the red shoes jumped on the list yeah yeah um and kind of like the the sight and sound of it um mm-hmm. I mean, after talking about it and watching it, I have a pretty good idea yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we'll still but talk yeah about we'll it.
0: we'll talk about that next week uh and why yeah, red shoes is new on the list,
1: yeah um, which is probably more surprising than why this is left off
0: left off I, um, I agree, yeah um but uh, that'll be a lot of fun, and then after that, we will have an episode where we rank our season, and then more excitingly, ooh, you ready? Present our top tens, <laughs> which will be wrong.
1: Oh, I can't! It's <laughs> I've changed it so much. Yeah, it's but, not
0: gonna. But yeah, um, but it should be fun, and uh, but yeah, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully be in yours next week. Yeah, we will. Love you. Love you. Bye bye. This podcast was created by Spike Alkire and Jake Kelly. The theme song is by Breck McGaugh. Thanks.
3: Thanks.